Welcome to Snakebite Podcast number 24. Um, as always, we are brought to you with the help of digbmx.com. Uh, if you're not listening to this podcast through the DigBMX app, do yourself a favor and go download the DigBMX app right now. Uh, you can listen to this pod while looking through photos, reading new articles, and you can listen to all the other podcasts we've done. So uh, head over to your app store and download the DigBMX app right now. Today's guest is someone, I think since I started doing these podcasts that I've always wanted to sit down and do it with because... He's just had he has a good story and to see where he's came from and where he is now just makes me excited. Um, we are joined today by Cameron Birdwell, NorCal legend and super badass on a bike. Um, Oscar Gonzalez sat down with us too since we did the podcast over at his house. Uh, Cam and I talk about you know his early days riding in NorCal, uh, being on two hip bikes wild tour stories with Ron Wilkerson to Warp Tour. Um, he, he has so many crazy little stories. And just kind of how he's uh, battled through addiction and and uh, came out on the other side and, and fought through some of his personal demons. So I'm really stoked on this one. So sit back and enjoy. Yep, we're in uh, we're in Oscar's backyard, sitting on the mini ramp, chilling. Uh, San Jose Ramp Club mini ramp at that. So how old's this ramp? Oh uh, well, this is. Uh, Was this the tight quarter to the left of the? So the only part is just the sixteen foot section, sixteen foot wide mini section. That's okay. The, original. the rest I added on. So I'm just trying to remember what ramp this was because you had the box jump. This with- was a mini ramp. The mini ramp. ramp where the vert ramp used to be. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. They cut that down. They cut the they cut the vert down. They made it a mini. Okay, see, I only rode there when it was the vert ramp. Yeah, so the yeah. mini ended up right where the vert okay. ramp used to be. That vert ramp was pretty fun. I like yeah. that vert ramp. It's a great vert ramp. Do you remember? Oh yeah, that, I mean, I remember the vert ramp vividly. Dude, I don't know if you remember that night, but I remember you might not have been there. But I remember we were riding it one time, and uh, my buddy John Bristol was airing the ramp, and you know he could go. He, you know he was a borderline pro vert rider. You yeah. know, he was going pretty high, and his literally. His DX pedal just snapped in the peak of an air. Like, you know, it probably was just... How do you snap it in the middle of the air? He went up, and then I just remember seeing this thing shoot, and his foot just flailed. (laughs) He just (laughs) fell in and ate shit. Uh, It was like the weirdest... Yeah, I've seen him pump a ramp like he was just pumping to get up it. Pumped it like two feet, and his... uh, He had these Mongoose DMC cranks, and they just snapped while he was pumping, and he just flipped over the bars and wrecked oh you know he i've seen him on a few times where anything bad he would have just like you know if he was riding hard it would he would have died and he just got lucky so yeah um but yeah uh you grew up you grew up in this area right yeah i grew up in you know pretty much about an hour from here about an hour in what north. town yeah uh in Castro valley originally then we moved to danville and pretty much when i was in Castro valley i came up here to ride calabasas yeah i met Oscar and all the rest of the NorCal guys and and Calabasas is super legendary, super legendary dirt jumps. They've been, they're still there, right? Still there. They've yeah. been there since seventies. Well, I got people that 
go back to that place in the very early 70s, late 60s when people were riding, you know, mini bikes out there. Yeah. And let people just taking whatever bicycles they had and going out there and just riding the creek trails and that's where wow. it started. Wow, so it's, yeah, it's so got some deep history. It's got a lot of deep history. Um, you were racing before that, weren't you? The only reason I know you raced is, you know, I got that sponsor me tape of yours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll touch on the sponsor me tape later. But uh, you, you were a little, you were a racer kid? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, originally when I was like eight, I don't know, eight years old or something like that, I got a hot streak, a Diamondback hot streak. Yep. And that was my first bike and I loved it and rad, you know, rad came out and, you know, I got were the. You, I, when were you born? I was born in 79. So four. Oh, I always feel like you're younger than me. Yeah, so you were old enough to. I yeah. mean, I got into it because of Rad, too, but I'm yeah. I'm just three years older. I thought I was way older than you. No. No, yeah. So I watched Rad, and I was in it, but, you know, it was a big bike. I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do much on it, right? I mean, you could launch off a curb or whatever, but I couldn't do much on it. So I started skating, and then I skated for several years. Yeah. And then when I got to be, I don't know, right around 12, you know, getting, you know, 12 and a half or whatever, then um, I got another bike. I don't even remember what it was, but I got a different bike, and then I started getting into, you know, jumping. Yeah. You know, there was a jump. I jump, and I was doing one-handers, one-footers, and then, you know, that point, I knew that the only jumps would be the racetrack, so I started racing. Yeah. And then uh, raced for a few years, got better at jumping, and then eventually I just sort of transitioned to jumping. Yeah. But the first time I ever rode a ramp, you know, I, I actually I don't think this was the first ramp I ever rode. The first ramp I ever rode, I went to 93 Grands in okay. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was racing, I don't know, I think 13 experts. And that's when they started having, like, the dirt jump contest. Was Oh, yeah, King of Dirt was yeah, there. Yeah, King of Dirt was and, there. And I was like... Was 93 the one where Moeller did the no-hander with the, the, I, the I think so. rocket on his back? Yeah, yeah. I think so. And, and I was just blown away, and then Hoffman, you know, Hoffman Estates was right there. Oh, Hoffman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoffman Park. And, yeah. And, uh, Which was the most... Epic skate park yeah, at that Yeah, and time. I remember driving into the parking lot, and the super quarter was there, but it was toppled over, right? It was Because it, it's Oklahoma, it probably got blown over. Yeah, that's what they said. They said, you know, I remember the talk, and I was like, what happened? And I had no idea he had done the... So that was just a straight... That wasn't even up against anything. It was no, just a straight was, quarter straight. You pulled into the parking lot, and it was out there, and it was toppled <laughs> over. And I was just like, what? And then there was all the ramps there, and I actually... And if you watch the sponsor tape... I, I have it. Watch I mean, it. If you, if you watch. want, Cam, I can post it up for people. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You know, we will pass on that. But if you watch that, <laughs> if you watch that tape, I actually am carving the opposite way that I carve now. Okay. Because I didn't know then. Yeah, I yeah. never hit a ramp before, and so the only thing I could touch was like I could drop in and I would go over the box and I would carve the opposite way. And I kind of just ride the wall ride. Yeah, yeah. I didn't was you know because I didn't know what I was doing. It was the first ramp. Then I could come back and pedal as fast as I could. And I was, it was on a purple anodized elf. I was doing X-ups, and, you know, and doing things like that. Garcia, Joey Garcia was there, but I had no idea who he was yet. One of my buddies rode for elf. He was about your age. You may have raced him. Maybe. Do you remember Maybe. Tyler Shaw? Yeah. yeah anyway, he rode for elf. So. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and, but that was the point where I was almost sort of like over racing. Yeah. I was just hitting the jumps. You know, finding the best one to do tricks on, and I would just session that. I would, like, yeah. wasn't practicing racing. Yeah. I would snap the gate and go on the first turn as fast as I could. Then I'd kind of let everyone go, and then I'd just trick whatever jump yeah, was yeah. the best trick jump. But, you know, I was riding there every night, so I'd go to the races on my parents' Was take. that a public skate? I mean, did yeah. you open it to the public? Like, it was open to – I mean, I was able to ride it. Okay. Right? I, I didn't would, know if it was, like, a private skate um, park or if it was, like – Yeah, and then, and then the day uh, – one of the more – I had my parents – every second I wasn't racing, I had them take me there that Yeah, that yeah, trip. yeah. 
And then one morning I went out there and I remember like, I remember I was, I was out there. I'm the only one riding the park all by myself in the morning, early morning. Right. And I'm just like so stoked to hit like a real jump. I, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, I just could not get enough of it. And I'm sitting out there and then Jay Muron comes out and it's, and it's the morning of King of Dirt. Yeah. And so Jay was killing it. Right. And he, and he gets his pads on, you know, and I'm just like sitting up there and it's just Jay. And you right? knew, you knew it was Jay Muron. No, you did. You just saw some yeah, hella freestyle. I did, I did, yeah, out. I just super freestyled. His bike was oh, freestyle, yeah. full gear, right? And he like dropped in. He he did like five hits, and he did like I know he did a he did a huge truck driver, and I was just like, well, I'm blown. And in '93, that was like oh, just a I huge people truck. Do those. Yeah, a huge tail whip. He did um, one of my favorite tricks, and I did this after. And I I learned one of my biggest goals was learning this trick was yeah. Jay doing the. Um, he used to go and he used to do the one-hander, the bar spin to catch oh, one-hander yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the sickest trick. I remember he just like, uh, uh, and just like caught it. And, got, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like in love. And then he just did this massive backflip, right? Yeah. I mean, just huge backflip where he barely came in the landing. And like, it was so epic. And like, I was basically sold at that what point. Do you, do you have that condor with the green spokes on it then? Yeah, I don't remember. I, oh, I think so. Be, he, he may yeah. have. Yeah, oh, he may, shit. He may have had that. Yeah, that's uh, when Jay was on fire. Dude, yeah. he, he was just, yeah, like. Yeah. He, he came to Moreno Valley with that bike with the green spokes. Yeah. Just I, destroyed everybody. Oh, he, he murdered just, it. He murdered that. I remember yeah. watching him and Mira ride that Moreno Valley spine. And Taj, too, at that one contest. And it was it was nuts. Um. So, okay, so you, you go to the, the races and. You come home. Come home, and, you know, it, at that point, you know, my parents were super into it at that point, and I was just like, you know, I wasn't feeling it. I, I think I was 14 intermediate, to be honest. Okay. At, at that time, I think I was 14 intermediate. I, I was born in 79. I think it was 93 when that was. I was 14 intermediate. <clears throat> I had qual- I had one gold cup as 14 intermediate. By the time I got to expert, they were all so serious. Oh, and, yeah. and I, 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 you I was have to over- start, like, kind of lifting weights and stuff. Yeah, and I, I was just sort of – I was not that serious about it. I yeah. just wanted to freestyle. And by that point, like, um, you know, I was full on. I just said, hey, I'm, I'm – way more into like jumping and by that point i was just like trying to venture off to find people to ride with yeah eventually made it to calabasas and then i found you know when i showed calabasas first time saw nyquist and butthead and all the guys there i mean i popped out with a full I mean, that, that, purple elf yeah. double cross you know number plate everything else and so i have a, a purple open face helmet and these guys were just like freestyle guys i, I mean nyquist was always like a pretty, pretty pure freestyle dude right yeah pre, pre, he, he never raced yeah i never raced yeah either, butthead so. never raced they were full-on like chest protectors yeah you know and they were they were you know full-on yeah <laughs> but it was crazy like that yeah chest protectors and then it just sort of you know took on from there. that kind of became your crew right yeah that became my crew and then how you guys were what you said 14 then yeah we were four yeah did ryan have a goatee at 14 no 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 ryan wouldn't it have been great if he just did he had the, some of the worst smelling pads I've ever ever smelled, though. They were really bad. I pretty much, I think, anybody in the early 90s like, yeah. just lived in their pads. Yeah, we did. Yeah, just lived in the I pad. remember I'd, if you were done riding, I'd just like, kind of relax the thing and just let them fall onto your shin. Yeah. Because you're like, well, shit, I could get well, rad I still do that. People are like, why are you still in your pads? I'm like, you know, it's just it's just. I, it. I always draw the line with, you know, you had that one homie that you'd be fully done riding for like three hours. And he'd be sitting in the house, like, eating a bowl of cereal with his helmet still on. <laughs> where you're like, dude, you got to take it off. We're done. Yeah. You know, there's always that one helmet guy. Yeah. So. The, the helmet wearer. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't do that, but I left my pads on a long time. And once I started riding for two-hip and they had the, um, 
you know, that he made the pads that were like the the cloth material. Yeah. They all, and I had the, I had a pair I wore out, and I wore those under, and then I wore the other ones over. So I wore double pads, double <laughs> shin pads, and they, you know, then my shins were, my shins were actually in pretty good condition. Yeah. As opposed to the rest of my body. Those, those two hip shin pads were gnarly. Yeah, they they were they were very protective. Yeah. So how did you guys kind of? You know, I'm just trying to put the pieces together. So you guys are riding Calabasas. And there's probably, when you're riding Calabasas, there's probably still an older crew like, you know, Oscar, were you riding still there at that time? Yeah, I, was, I was still riding when, I remember little groups of people and like, like Cam coming along and, and it was a group of guys from another place called Red Devil. Okay. another dirt jump place in Fremont. So I remember first meeting Cam, he came out with uh, a guy named Dan Agnew and a couple guys that rode that place. Yeah. And they heard about Calabasas and came out and... For me riding out there, it was like some of the older guys that I was riding with already kind of moved on. Due Wasn't to like, didn't like Steve Veltman and like Terry Tennant ride out there? Well, back then, um, early Veltman, Terry Tennant was out there, Cecil Johns, Rob oh, Carnahan, Dave Latimer. These were like the, that late 80s, early 90s, really Calabasas locals. Yeah. And, and there were a handful of other guys that, you know, that were just locals. Chris and Rad this was kind of like the new guys. wave coming in. Yeah, and I seen it. I mean, I, I seen... The new wave, like I said, him and Dag Nagnu and these other guys, and then you had the guys from Animal Dan, which were like Brian Jackson, which started the Ram Club, and those group of guys are missing so many names. And then you had the Gilroy guys a little after that, and you had actually I was riding with Jimmy Garcia mm-hmm. before I met Cam, I mean actually before he started bringing Joey around. So you had the Gilroy guys coming out, and it was Joey, Jimmy. Keggy. I mean, you're that was a lot of the Ram Club. I they yeah. they would come to Cali sort of. And this is, before, this is before the Ramp Club. You just see little groups yeah. in them, but Cam was coming out with, with these other guys. From Me, Nyquist, Butthead, Squirrel. It, it definitely seemed like that mid, right there when the mid-90s came up, the NorCal scene just started exploding. You know, yeah. like... It, and it was the it was the Barspin era, right? Yeah. It, it, was sort of, it was sort of the, uh, you know, even when it was like first starting, we were still like, you know, we had the standard axles, we had backpacks with the bunch of standard oh you gotta have those spares yeah you have you, you gotta have yeah, those spares. yeah and it was like and we were all like playing around with like street riding and you know we, we were sort of in that like you know we were all watching videos and it was all like trying to ride everything we could and that's when we started coming here and you had the mini ramp and it wasn't a lot of you know it wasn't skate parks in every town then. no no Scar- so skate parks i had a few. different ramp back here at that time yeah a little smaller four and a half foot five foot mini yeah and just built it out of out of whatever i could and yeah and we go to Calabasas and meet these guys, and those guys heard that I had a ramp. They were all blown away. They came here, and I was like, yeah. that was the first ramp that Nyquist ever rode. It was the yeah. first ramp I had back here. Yeah. The first time I remember seeing you, which probably not too long after, I mean, the first time I remember seeing you was in an infection video that Scott had, yeah, in Infection and, 3. Yeah, and that may have even been, that was even pre-2-hip, I think. It was pre 2 uh, Yeah. I it, think you're riding like a dirt bike? Or? Yeah, I rode a dirt, so I went through a bunch of bikes, and eventually I landed on a dirt bike. I built up a condor, like, I, I did one of those things where I, I started building, you know, I was doing a lot of dirt jumping, like, I learned double bar spins, bus drivers with, with no gyro, you yeah. know, spinning, putting my bars back the opposite way, and then I do double, Yeah. you know, and, but in, in parallel, I was building a, a condor up, like a sick condor, oh, yeah. chrome condor. Definitely it, sick. It, yeah, it was like, it was <laughs> like, and I actually never really got to give that bike, you know, what it was worth, I, because by the time it was like, started to get built up, I went from, got on two hip. And okay, then, and then ended up on two hip, and I don't even know what happened to the condor. That's a shame. Yeah, I never really got to put 
put put good mileage on that because I was building it up and taking my time of like this. Perfect and then you got bike. On, yeah. And then I got on two hip. Yeah, but I went from I think when he came down and it was mud. I I think the video it, I he came you down and stayed like, with mud. Infection three. It's right? infection three. But I think it's infection two is the one you're thinking about. Were you in infection two? I, yeah, and that was where I I believe he came down and we rode some street. And if you guys aren't familiar, the infection videos was like a series of Northwest videos that Scott Hagnes put together from about. 1991 to the early 2000s. Yep. And uh, I know in Infection 3, you have a lot of good... You and Nyquist have a bunch of good clips, but you're in 2? I thought I was in 2. You I, could I mean, be. I, I haven't seen yeah, him for a minute. Yeah, so. I haven't seen him for a minute, and I asked Scott Hagnus. I think he's going to try to see if he had a copy of 2. Well, he so he, he keeps th- talking about doing a box set, which would be... That'd be awesome. Super sick. Yeah. You know? And when I got three, I didn't even remember that I was on the cover. I like flipped it over. I'm like, oh, that's me on the back. But that was at my parents' house. Yeah, because so you had I, the box jump in the back Yeah, so that was at my parents' house. So that was in between. It had to have been probably when I was in 10th grade. Probably, you know, 16 years old. 15, yeah. 16 years old, for sure. So, and then I got sponsored. But I think I'm on a Chrome Stout Boy in Infection 3. Okay, I'm so. not on a dirt bike. I'm on a Chrome Stout Boy. Okay. Yeah, so... Because I'm on a Chrome Stout Boy, it tells you that I was past the Black Stout Boy, yeah, which was after the, the dirt bike, yeah. And I think that the actual first one, I'm a really young kid, and you guys, they came down and filmed at Mutt's, and me and Mutt are fighting in part of one of the credits, yeah, 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 yeah. right? I'm like, screw you, Mutt, you know what I mean? Because you know when you're hanging around Mutt, Mutt, you know what's your what's your like the guy who's always with Mutt, which I think George is right now, right? He muddles and Mutt's super North North yeah, oh yeah, OG, he, Mutt's like, Mutt's North North yeah, yeah. He, done so, done a lot for the scene and yeah. you know been around forever. Big, big support of the North well, scene and always you know always in there and yeah. always had a house, always had a place for people to crash coming yeah. through and. Well, well, I moved I moved to Danville, and you know, I well for one, my parents you know they're moving me in the middle of high school and we had this lot up top and they're like, well you can build a box jump up there. So that was like one thing right, which was amazing to move to Danville. And that was in between ninth and tenth grade. But I met, you know, one of my one of my best friends, and we went riding down, and we're riding down into downtown Danville. We ride past this parking lot, and there's this this, this guy flatlining, right? Yeah. It's Gabe Weed. Okay. And he's just shredding in this parking lot, and I pull in. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? You know, I know he's a flatland guy. I'm, you know. That's probably the, where Scott and you guys met. Probably. Well, well, that happened. That's how me and Mutt met. Okay. Right. And I remember Gabe told me then he's like, well, I was telling him, I'm like, I do double bar spins, and he's like, you know, that was way back, and he decided to have a gyro, and he's like. He's like, I thought you were full of shit. Like, you know, you weren't doing, you weren't doing double bar spins on that bike. But I was like, no, I got to jump. And then I met Mutt there, and that's how I sort of got introduced to Mutt, which you know, ended up getting introduced to the Solid Guys up in Sacramento, yep, yep. and you know, that sort of. God, the scene was so rich down here. That I mean, yeah. it's always been rich, but it just seemed like that time, every town had hell, like thick crews. You know, like yeah. well, yeah. we were talking earlier, like like the change of where you consider old school to. Mid school, mid school. Yeah, it's like I think the bar spin was like the change of that era because literally Cam was like Cam and, and Ryan probably the first person, or I think Cam was really the first person I saw that did like a complete full bar spin. Yeah, I mean back then the only people that were doing anything like that, I mean Bob Cole was doing Todd half yeah. Bob, well Todd yeah, but you know in an era like Bob was doing like the half bar spin and variations in them, and then uh, there was a couple other quarter pike riders uh, the, 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 the jeremy alder the, and his Jer- so yeah jeremy alder i'm pretty sure invented him yeah even though yeah molar yeah everybody's like oh it's molar and i'm jeremy alder and i think invented it on a quarter pipe yeah. you know because he had a sequence in like 87 or 88 on a haro tour just burr it like it just yeah. seems so crazy but like off a dirt jump like literally just full-on bar spin what was cam and nyquist and 
if we had a certain jump in Calabasas Hills, like a step, step up jump, that yep. was like our I've, foam pit. Yep, I've rode it. And these guys would just throw them all fucking day. All just day. Throw, just learn bars. bars. And bars. then literally the first truck I really saw was Cam throwing a truck. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he kept doing them. I saw him do like one and a half and like right out of it, barely right out yeah. of it. And we're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you hit, you hit the step up or you hit hill, which is almost like a, a, a lip to flat. Really. No, yeah, it was, yeah. To, the, it was, it was to the left of the, to the step up, right? Or was it to the no, right? No, no, it was in the back and it was just a lip okay. and it kind of went up a little bit more of a hill and there was a sidewalk, but you're just coming to flat. Yeah. And then you would go to cave step, which was the step up. And then if you could do a cave step, and then you know, towards the second half of the day, it's like we're going to nut. We're going to we're going to do. It, the, it almost sounds like the thirty trails that Dave yeah. Tom grew up on. There'd be the thirty-two. Yeah. And then there's the flyout, the thirty-two, which was a shorter step up, and then yeah. the thirty, which was a thirty-foot long step up jump. Yeah. <laughs> and in Calabasas, like if you learn something on hill, and like I said, you can take it to nut and do it. Yeah. Then you you had it. You can take do it. Yeah. Once you've done it over like the full. You know the trifecta yeah. from yeah. hill to cave step you to had nut. That trick and you, you, just... you had the trick. Yeah. And the way I rode back then is that you had your bag of tricks and you're always you know thinking, you eat, sleep, breathe, yeah. max, watch videos every night. And then what you would do is you'd go back out the next weekend and you'd be learning stuff in the back, right? You you have these tricks that you were sort of close on or you were pulling here and there, and then you go to nut and then the sessions always were like you just went through your bag. Right? Yeah. Until at the end of your bag, if you pulled your whatever was your biggest trick at the time, well then you just went right right, boom, go for the next go go to get the whatever new trick. the next notch is. Whatever the next notch is, right? It Tail was like whip you, or something. whatever it was, you were just and a lot of it was like, you know, double bar spins, you know, double bar spins were, were, were big back then. That's a killer. That'll that'll fuck you up a double bar spin trying yeah. to learn those things. Well, I remember back in the time there wasn't a lot of people out of them clean, you know? Like, yeah, and, and and double trucks, that was like yeah. there was very select few doing double trucks. Yeah, like maybe McCoy. Yeah, Miron. Uh, I think Miron was doing them. And McCoy was the first one I saw do a double. And we went to that Merino Valley contest. It was a dirt. It was it was not not the BS. There was another contest, and it was uh, over the box jump. It was a jump contest at Merino Valley. Was that after though? After ninety five? Yes, that was after ninety five. Yeah, you, I, I think you've got some photos from there. Yeah, yeah. And I recently, and I remember at the time we were going. Mike Griffin was in it. Yeah, Nyquist. Um, you know, there was Peter a, Gustin was there. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch. Of Sean Yarrell. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Sean Yarrell was there with Peter Gustin because I remember you, it was maybe in a twenty-inch video magazine or maybe an early props. And you're like, this is a weird mix of yeah, dudes. yeah. It, it was like a couple generations, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was like that generation, but it was like bar spins were like the craze right then. And I remember at that time, like I was on my bar spin game, and like you know, it was in the and in the finals, I did a um, I did a Superman. I did the um, the no handed. The box jump was kind of little too. I was like, I mean, yeah, at the time it was like a normal box, right? I mean, the boxes weren't huge back then. A five foot box five foot tall, that was eight like foot long. Yeah, yeah, five I, foot tall. I tried one eighty in that thing. Yeah, and no I landed. I landed yeah. at the bottom landing. of the landing yeah. and got jacked. Yeah. On that thing. It, it was a good standard box. It was like the one I had in my backyard. Yeah, so it felt normal to me. So I did like the double bar. You know, suicide no hander and caught it. The Superman. I did a big old no footed can can, and then in the end, I did the the, the suicide double truck, and, which is which was big, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. But Mike Griffin, he was doing you know did tricks, and he tried it and crashed, right? He was he, his trucks were loose. Yeah, they were so well, well, sick when it. they were done, but they were his bike would be yeah, dropping straight straight those side, <laughs> yeah. and it went one and a half, and, and he bailed, and he he tried I think to do a double bar, and he ended up he did a double bar like a one and a half or something, but he won, and like I got like fourth, and I remember thinking like like what's going on, like I just threw down like 
the four. It was like you know that, four, was, that was your welcome to BMX. Oh, <laughs> like, I was I was like, I, remember, I was I was like defeated, right? And I remember the one redeeming thing is that someone wrote in. There's like you know when people would write into BMX Plus and they would do like you know they'd write ask they'd, the BMX experts. Yeah, ask the BMX experts exactly. <laughs> ask the BMX experts, right? And they went in there and they're like, you know, the the judges must have been drunk. Cam Birdwell won that contest. Blah blah blah. And I remember feeling like you the know the judges that, were like. If we get Griffin to win, he's buying us beer yeah. after this. Well, well, and later on, like a couple years later, Jay Miron, you know, we ended up talking about this at some contest, me and Jay Miron. And Jay Miron's like, oh, no, like after that contest, and he was there. You yeah. Know, that, he's, all, he's, all, he's all, after that contest, he's like, we actually, he, he goes, I, I don't remember when it was, but he said they recalculated. He's like, you actually won that contest. We just calculated the scores wrong. But I think it was, like, too late at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, like, once they announce who's the winner, right it's at that hard. point, it's probably too late. Yeah. Yeah. So I, And I was just a young kid, so. But um, but that was, uh, yeah, that that was, like, the beginning. Now, did you go, because I, I know the when I met you, because I knew of you because we were both in, in the infection videos. Yeah. But when I met you was at the 95 Reno Valley, you know, where it had the, the amateur contest was on yep. the five or six foot. Yep. And then Pro was on... On the big ramp. On the big ramp, which that spine... Basically, if you could ride that big ramp, you were pro. Yeah. I jumped that spine once and about pissed my pants. Yeah. It was so clear if you were... If you were That definitely... You could definitely see... You were like, oh, this guy's riding this ramp really good. Yeah. But then you saw, like, Asado or Miron or somebody... Stuart King. Stuart King. Yeah. God, there were some... Yeah. That, I'm so glad. Akabok. Akabok. Yeah. That was like right, when, right yeah. before Akabok kind of disappeared. Yeah. But Jay, Jay Miron owned, owned everybody so on that ramp. My favorite... That, that contest, you had Jay Miron, uh, Dave Mira yeah. doing nothings over it. I remember... McCoy. McCoy. Yeah. You had uh, Taj. Yeah. I remember he tried downside whipping it and got jacked. Yeah. And then Miron, and he was doing, like, the tooth grinds through the corner. Yeah. And then Asado had just turned pro at the contest before at Oklahoma City. Yeah. And, like, he was from up my way, so I knew he was going to yeah. fuck shit up. But it was so heavy. Yeah. Um, I think Rooftop started Rooftop riding pro. Rooftop was, well, yeah, he tried to grind the rail from the verge yeah. down. Well, that was the year before, wasn't what? it? Was it? Was that? I what? get those two bit contests. I, I remember Jay doing like the the two seventy to double peg to hop over the spine, yeah. and just like in the middle of his run, just bink, and he'd hop over. Stefan Prantle, uh, oh yeah, was in that. Talking Marino Valley, yeah. 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 That, yeah. I mean, those Marino Valley contests for the m- mid nineties were so iconic. Yeah, the vert ramp was a bit shoddy. Yeah, but the seven foot, you know, it was going to be a bloodbath. Getting yeah. their late Friday night, or I think it was Friday night practice, and and over the spine they had a big. Pole extended with with the lights on it. Oh yep yep yep. And Jay did a flat table three over that spine, and he was fucking over that light pole. He was like seven and a half yeah. feet out. Yeah. And right then and there, you're just like Jesus Christ over the spine. It was just massive, huge. Yeah, I I think at the one I was at, I I actually I think that it was like Dave had just was coming back from us. I think when he got hit by the car. Yeah, no, he just he, and he was like kind of chubby. Yeah, but he was still killing. He was it. still killing it. I but I remember Dave rode. I thought August, he. I think he got hurt. He got. I think, now, I think he was like just back, or he, I, I couldn't. Remember. I do remember him doing a nothing over the spine. Yeah, doing a nothing. I do I remember. Think he, I think he got hurt before the contest. Before the actual, I don't think he entered that actual event. That one that. Mm. Yeah. That. But but I was out. I was, whatever intermediate. 
at that. And I, I was. Were we in the same class? I, I I was like trying to like bar. Did you ride the over. seven foot? No. We rode the six foot with the spine with the hip. Yeah, with the hip. I we tried stayed. to do a front flip fly out. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 the was it? And the kid was who's the little kid that used to uh, he used to do the front he used to do the front flip jump off his bike and do the one eighty. Was it that kid from? Arizona. Uh, I forget his name. I thought he was from Colorado. I know who you're talking about. He's a little kid. Danny Williams? No. Yeah, Danny Williams. Danny Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah he, he was, was there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he was there. And I was just trying, like, the only thing I could do at the time was pretty much jump. So it was like, I was trying to, like, just throw bars over the hip or bars over the spine. I don't even remember, but it wasn't much. Yeah, I, I just never rode spine, so I was, like, learned feeble overs. Yeah. So I was, like, doing fa- some foot plants and, like... Yeah. Yeah, it, but... So, okay, let, let's back it up a little. Uh, two things I wanted to ask you. I wanted to touch on you getting on 2Hip. Yeah. Because that was your first sponsor. Yeah. But we were talking about videos. What were the – you were like, I always watch videos. What were, like, some of the videos that you watched back in the day that were just – I mean, you know, some of the – I mean, the first one I called up Dan's when I was, like, really, like, all right. I, oh, basically, er, when I got Dan's back – comp. When, when, I got, when I got back from, from Grand's, I was, like, basically, you know, I'm freestyle now, right? And I remember yeah. calling Dan's and, like, going – I want, you know, the best video, you know what I mean? I want the, I want, you know, the best tricks. I want to see the, you know, whatever's the best trick video. And they sent me right on. So that was that, like my first video. My that's first, a like, good starting base. Yeah. So my first, and I remember it, I was telling you, I was like so bummed after I first watched it. I'm like, I'm never going to do these tricks. Oh, right? it seemed impossible. Watching Chad Harrington, like, you know, I mean, you <laughs> do it. I mean, still like, if you were watching, he was like doing can cans and wrapping his foot around them. Like, I was like, that's not even possible. Like, how is that even going to happen? And he was doing for, bar spins. Remember for the Vic doing- Murphy part, because I'm like, okay, this is, yeah. this seems realistic. Yeah. And, but then, like, I mean, some of my, you know, some of my all time favorites back then were like Unlock Your BMX, um, Dirty Deeds, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I loved Ride On back then, but. Um, right on had so much soul to yeah, that video, you know. Juvenile trickery, I love juvenile trickery. Oh, that was a good one, yeah, yeah. That was a good one, but you know, I was staying around Mutt by the time I was in Danville, so I had like, you know, a huge genre. That's how I learned all my history. Was so watching you, Mutt's, you, Mutt's videos, yeah, yeah, that went way back. We just go over there, and you know, we'd party at Mutt's, and you know, hide our beers in the. Um, you know, big gulps because yeah. he wouldn't let us drink. So we'd stick the beers in the big gulps and put the straw through. And but we just watched BMX videos, and he let me borrow them, and I'd take them home yeah. and watch them. But I built up a pretty good collection of like a couple hundred videos. Oh wow, yeah, good. a couple hundred videos. And you know, there was um, you know, as the wheel goes around, like all these old videos. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh one. yeah, like a lot of the East Coast videos, ECD yeah. videos. I watched all those, and you know, um, wheelies, and you know, everything back then. So. Yeah. So how did you end up meeting Ron and getting on two hip? That was, you know, Calabasas. And he knew I was a jumper and I was doing the bar spins. And he came to me right when he was starting the Stout Boy. And, and so you never even – so you, when you met Ron, Wilkerson Airlines was pretty much dead. It was – Wilkerson Airlines was dead. It was two hip. Okay. Yeah, from what I understood. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he, he came with the Stout prototype Stout Boy. And I switched to writing that when I was 15. Talk about that prototype you were telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, it had a head tube. It was like it was it was choppered back. I mean, I I always pretend I'm like oh it was like a sixty degree head tube angle. I mean, it was like so choppered back. My bars were in my lap, and like I was saying, it was. I remember getting on that bike. I was so stoked, right? You know, yeah. it's a freestyle bike, and it's super freestyle looking. Yeah. Well, I went from the dirt bike to that. So right. you're like big tubes. I, I, I went. It was like it was kind of like me going. All right. Well, I'm a jumper. I was a total dirt jumper. 
and that was my strength and really what I was good yeah. at. To like, all right, I'm getting on a freestyle bike, and now I have to like start learning to freestyle. Like, I got to start learning ramps and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, much better. But it was a real hard bike for me to get used to because it was so kicked back in the head tube angle. And it was still, I think, 19 inch top tube. Yeah, I don't remember. I I couldn't tell you the measure. It's weird because I could, I could it, it was like sold as a flatland frame, but I feel like more. But I feel like ramp dudes just rode it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, to be honest, I couldn't tell you the measurements of any bike I've ever ridden. I don't. No, know. I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know any. It. I don't know any of the parts of my bike. You know, I can usually tell you what frame I'm riding, and I don't know anything else. And <laughs> I've always been like that, right? But so even when the thing was on, I'm like, oh, I just, I just chalked it up to a bike that was hard for me to get used to. Yeah, I didn't really have to go. It's a freestyle bike. It's different, but it was real hard for me to do all my tricks that I could do, let alone... But well, then bar I, spins with the mellow head tube. Bar spins were really hard. You know, 360s were really weird. But I started learning stuff, started learning ramps. You know, I went to Woodward as a camper oh, wow. when I was um, 15. Who's your Who's your counselor? Oh, you a, it was Joe and Taj. Oh, shit. Right? And, and, oh. and, and you know who were my campmates was uh, Nate Wessel. He was your camp? He yeah, was a Sean, camp? Sean Dorton. We were in the same cabin together. Right? I cannot picture Nate Wessel. Did oh, yeah. Nate have dreads? No, no, he he wasn't. He was just a he was just a kid on a bike. Just like I can't even picture Nate as a kid. He's always been such a <laughs> fucking caveman. <laughs> no, yeah, me, Sean Dorton, Nate Wessel, and, and Joe and Taj were the counselors. Wow, and that's where I remember learning manuals on the Stout Boy, like on a, on they had a little bowl with like a hip corner in it yep, and, yep. I, and like a big over tent and oh yeah yeah, yeah. Remember, that little like three foot bowl they have there yeah and you know i i went out there but i was the only one who was sponsored right and so it was i was just like with all the other kids learning ramps and doing all this stuff but when they whip out the box on like the thing like then i would just people were like whoa like this guy could jump. was the resi there yet no no it wasn't even a thing yeah yeah resi wasn't a thing yeah not that i knew of I hadn't seen it. I would have been all over it. I think it, the first Resi footage was that Schwinn video with Miron when he learned, like, double flip on it. Probably, yeah. yeah. There, there was no Resi, no phone, <clears throat> but they had, like, a, a, a portable box that they brought out. And then I was busting Supermans, and, like, I was really throwing my tricks. People were like, all right, like, he can go. But I was, like, you know, I was 15. I was sneaking cigarettes under the ramp. You know what I mean? I was sort of a little you that, Do you have that long, long hair then? I, I had long hair. I was gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) i've seen the glamour shots yeah yeah i i was a you know i was a really camp big old long blonde oh i remember you you had like double double rubber bands no i never double tied no i never double it was a sulot and and you know it was a sulot i i kept it i kept my hair and nice you know how do you feel about when you see kids nowadays with sulots you're like yo guys yeah i mean i feel like they're trying to you know Bite my style, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, so you went to? Did you get? And you, so you went to Woodward and you actually started learning some more. Like I started learning. I was really trying to learn ramps. Okay. You know what I mean? I was really trying to. You know, you're wanting to be like. You know, at that time, like. You know. You know when I first started riding, like with the, the pro pros were like, flatland vert jumping park like yeah. you had the mccoys the mirons so when i first started riding that's what i pictured is like oh it, yeah i think it wasn't one discipline i think pros. a lot of dudes our age when you start riding and you thought about how good you had to be yeah it was like you're like i gotta put this shit on the line I mean, well because I mean, these dudes are so the level of pro yeah you could ride anything it was just like you were like, oh my gosh, you know. And, and I used to actually worry that, like, you know, when I was really getting started, and later on it started fade. But when I was really first getting started, 
I mean, I couldn't flatland to save my life. I couldn't do anything, yeah. right? I mean, just about nothing. I could do like a nose. I couldn't. I couldn't do any sort of. I mean, really, anything. the most I ever got was like a decade on the ground or like a one whiplash yeah. or something like that. I couldn't do anything. I remember thinking like, I'm never gonna be because all those pros. We're oh, still yeah. really good flatlanders. Really good flatlanders, yeah. And so I used to always be like, oh, I'm never going to be like that. But, you know, then at least, you know, but I definitely knew I wanted to get better at ramps. And there just wasn't a lot to ride. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot. Yeah. So it's like you get there. But I came back from Woodward and, you know, I, I was better. I could I could do long grinds. I could hop over spines. I could jump spines. Yeah. And so it started getting better then. And it, so at that time, I mean, you were kind of, you know, because you were kind of on that same same age as like Keggy. Nyquist. Yep. Was Ryan already riding for Bontrager then and starting to go to some bigger contests, or were you guys uh, quite there? I think Ryan was riding for Bontrager right around when I was first starting on two hip, or, okay. or at least shortly shortly afterwards. And Chad was kind of getting stuff from yeah, Solid, I mean, maybe? You, you have to remember yeah. that. I mean, when when Ryan went to, when he went to college, when he graduated oh, high, I mean, he went to college. Oh, wow. I didn't right? know that, yeah. And, and, and you know... Whether it was his parents or whatever the case was, like he went to college, like went to go to I mean, like San Luis Obispo or somewhere down there, down south, like he went to go to college. So it's like he hadn't fully like jumped in, like I'm going to be a pro BMX or by the time he was 18. So before that, it was still sort of like you know I, I think it was Bontrager and I think it was Haro when he got to be about 18 and he I went to that he, one contest and he like did you ever enter any of those X Trials contests? Yeah, X Trials. Well, there was one year I think it was 98. It was either 97 or. So I won Stunt Boy Street in 90. I won Stunt Boy overall for the year in 96. Okay. And I think I was 16, 17. And I won, you know, I got third, second, and then I got first. And what, which, where were those contests at? Stunt Boy. And, you know, I I know that there was, the last one was in New York. Okay. Um, now, was that the X-Trials ramps at that time? Or oh, this was Stunt Boy. This is BS Series. Okay, I'm trying, yeah, I'm just trying this to picture is, which skate parks they were at. I don't remember, yeah. but they were BS cut. They were set up courses, right? Yeah, yeah. They were built courses. They weren't like existing parks. Oh yeah, so they were like the yeah they yeah. were the they were yeah. the. Yeah, this they is, but this is before that was X before they sold the X. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then, and then the next year I turned pro, which I believe I, I'm guessing that he sold it to X Games in between ninety six ninety seven. Yeah, right. And then the next year was the first year I turned pro, and I was seventeen or eighteen, you know. And and then there was that one contest down south. I think it was Seal Beach. Where me, Chad, uh, Nyquist. Is that the one where Chad had the Confederate flag helmet? Oh, yeah. And he yeah. dropped in off the wall ride. Yep, 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 yep. And, and I think it was like four of us, right, from NorCal that made the top ten. No, I remember Yeah, we that came being, in hot and heavy yeah, on that contest. It, it seemed like it from like the outside looking yeah. in. That yeah, NorCal was on fire yeah, right yeah. there. Like we, we came in hot. And that was all ramp club. That was, Chad did the backflip off the little ramp, too. Yeah. Yep, I was doing big old super. I had yep. that one pager, the Superman seat. Yep, yep. I was riding a green big boy. Yep. Oh, uh, you, yeah, that yeah. bike actually looked kind of sick. Yeah, yeah, it was a green big boy. Nyquist was on fire then. Um, that was an X Trials. Butthead was in that one too? No, Butthead wasn't in that one. Um, I, I thought maybe Joey. I yeah. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm positive. I know me, Chad, and, and Nyquist. Joey was I on it, Schwinn probably by then. Yeah, he was on Schwinn. I think Joey too. But I can't be I can't be yeah. for certain. But I know at least me, Chad, and, and Nyquist. How'd that I'm, feel, like, all you guys doing good? Oh, it was epic. You know what I mean? Because were you all pretty, still pretty tight? Yeah, we were I... all tight. I mean, I drove down there with Chad. Yeah. Right? I had driven down there with Chad. And, and you know, we were all tight. You know, you know, me and Nyquist sort of grew up riding together. You know, I mean, obviously, we're opposite ends of the spectrums. I was, you know... Pretty wild off the smoking bike, smoking cigs under the ramp. Yeah, so I was I was a I was a party machine, and Nyquist pretty much had his head on straight. Yeah, you know, 
which is pretty evident. And, you know, if you look at how he is today, I mean, he's pretty he's, much the enigma, right? So Yeah, he's turning into the new Dennis McCoy. Yeah, yeah. He's keeping the, he's, going. Yeah, he's the new DMC. But, you know, we, we were always riding together and pushing each other back in those days for sure. So, but, yeah, that was like the, the NorCal, like, we're, we're out. We're here to, like, take some names. We're almost half of the main. main and there was, like, 35 riders in that event. I just, you know, Ram Club sessions. Yeah. You know, you go to the Ram Club. You don't get there till seven, eight o'clock at night. It's too hot to ride during the day inside that warehouse. We get there. Late. Yeah. Sessions went on late through the night, but you know, watching Cam, Ryan, Keggy, Joey, Jimmy, Budhead, and trying to mix in with that shit. But watch, watching these guys all feed each other, you saw the whole change. You saw all these new tricks coming out, and these guys just throwing some really big shit. Yeah. You know, so by the time they go to those contests and riding with each other, you know, they were already they were on fire. Yeah, you know, and that that was a big change. And Ramp Club, I mean, we haven't even touched Ramp. I mean, oh, Ramp, Ramp Club, Club was such a big thing huge, for the scene. Huge. When did Ramp? When did Ramp Club start? How how did that all come about? In '97, '96. So, as I mentioned in Calabasas, there was a group of guys that came from Almaden, and one of them was uh, Brian Jackson. Okay. And he was just a local rider, loved the sport, loved to ride, and uh, he's the one that just. But I remember kind of just stepped up, and at first it was like everybody pitching 50 bucks a month or 150 bucks a month. You got a, a key. You got a key, and, and he went and signed the lease and got the yeah. warehouse, and he already had sections. I think he had the vert ramp, and some things already built in sections. You you brought me there the first time. You said they're building a skate park, and I was like, what? And I don't know if we were at Cali or we are here at your house, but we all went there, and I remember walking in, and they were building the vert ramp, the vert and ramp. it was brand new, and I was like, holy shit. Like there's It things. seemed pretty, I mean, I remember the first time walking in there because yeah you had no something that had a key so i knew you yeah and uh but the first thing that was really built was just the vert ramp yeah you know and then so everybody's riding vert there was vert yeah then, then there was like little then they then he did the wall ride right and the little quarter little little tiny two foot three foot box yeah, like yeah and then and then we built the box and the box had the curved landing. The first box which, had the curved which landing. Which was pretty new for back then. And it was five foot with a curved landing. And it was that a was big a, box. That was a big box. I remember the first time I, you had to pump the vert yeah. wall hard and high yeah. to clear that box. Because it was yeah. tight in there. Yeah. It was really tight. I think when these guys really got into knowing how to build ramps. And knowing, especially with, like, that was the first killer box other than, like, like uh, Hoffman Estates that had, like, a curved landing. Yeah. You know, and Marta such yeah. was one of the guys that just really got into fucking building ramps and, and designing stuff. And and also with the wall right in the box, I think when they built the Joe Mama quarter pipe, I mean, everything just changed. Yeah, they closed the door off. Yeah. Yeah, so back then the door used to be open. You'd come flying in, you go over the box back, you'd hit the wall, hit yeah. that, and you'd come out. And then eventually they closed the door and they built... The, the Joe Mama ramp, which was that all the way across. Nine foot, and then right? it was like enclosed. Was like eight and a half, nine foot quarter pipe was probably, yeah. what, 10, 15 feet wide yeah. or something? But, but that changed all of our riding, right? That changed all of our riding because now we were in a park where, like, you'd hit the spine, a quarter, it set spine, you up grind. For, yeah. It helped you guys for contests Everything. back then. It was like you, you learned. To, it wasn't like the pedal hit stop you know what i mean it was yeah. more like more flow flow grind the spine land yeah. this carve this you, you'd be wall, hitting hit the box alley-oop grinds like you'd be doing yeah, that tight six foot quarter next yeah. to the vert wall yeah. and it had all the different size ramps and wall rides so it's like when we got to the contest it was like when you were going to like a wall ride or like just anything it was like you were just used to it right yeah. we were just used to all of that and the big box so it's like when we when we started going there like I think X-Trials actually that year had a small box. I think it was actually, I don't think it was yet, but I think 
later on the, the contest that came like right after that, they started going the big five foot boxes. Yeah. Um, and we were just that was like right up that was what we were hitting all the time, so it felt just perfect. Yeah, because boxes definitely went from like, you know, like you said, like four foot tall, eight yeah. foot top. Yeah. You know, maybe nine foot landing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like looking at this thing and you're like. That's a mini ramp lip I'm taking yeah. off of. Yeah, it was huge, and you you would fly on it, right? And you were mortified the first time you hit it because you're like, I don't know how this thing's going to kick me. Yeah. But, it, yeah, you would launch off it. So that was, yeah, Ramp Club really, it, it, it made, I don't think it would have been the same for, for any of us at that point yeah. had we not had the Ramp Club, or at least we would have been trail, trailing behind. You know? What were some, so Ramp Club's always been kind of notorious for just being, you know, late sessions, parties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's some of the craziest things you've seen go down a ramp? Because I've heard so- – I got, like, flea bites from sleeping – something <laughs> bit my whole body from sleeping behind the vert wall one night. Yeah. Well, one, one thing real quick about the ramp clip is, like, it was it was a – if you didn't really know how to ride or jump a box or, or do an air on a quarter, you really – couldn't have fun there because you had yeah. to you had to learn to jump the box and do an error on the quarter to keep your speed to do yeah. anything. So until yeah. you got to that point, then then it was fun because I'd see people come in there and be like, ten minutes later, like I they're at yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, a lot of people turned away. They come, they'd be like, I can't ride this place. Yeah, you know? and if you were a kid, you yeah. would not. It, it was not kid friendly. Like and you'd just be like, I don't know how to do anything here. The way that was set up, it's like that became like just your normal nowadays type of park. Yeah. yeah. So it was way ahead of its time, you know. Yeah. Even me being an older rider coming to places like that, I'm used to having a quarter over here and a quarter over here and pedal your ass off or a ramp with a lot of flat bottom. But learning to flow and pump and keeping your speed and jumping this and channeling out of that, I mean, that was all, that was all new. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, it was it was pretty epic. Yeah, there was one time we they used to have remember the limo. I don't know if you remember the limo out front, and they would they had this limo out front, and we was like. We would usually like when the, when there was kids still riding, like you know, for us usually the ramp close session started when when closing time. Happened, yeah, right. We all had keys. We stayed there all night long, all the time, and we would just pretty much party all night, ride all night. But we'd wait till everybody was gone, all the kids and parents, and you know, rollerbladers or whoever was there. And but we used to go out and there would be this stretch limo that was just body shops surrounded it. Right, you remember that sitting there? Yeah, body shops all around, and we used to just there used to be this old limo that was parked out there, and we just party in the limo right waiting for it to close but one night we were out there and and uh you know i i don't know there's a bunch of people in the back of the limo and i i'm sitting in the front and i'm just you know kind of messing around and, and i hadn't, didn't really sit in the, we sit in the back right it's a big limo but i'm sitting in the front seat i don't even know why and i hit the visor and the keys fall out right and oh i'm like God. i'm like oh man right i'm like I'm like, look, I got the keys here. They're like what so i turn it and it's got nothing right so we pop the hood and the battery's disconnected right so we connect the battery, and next thing you know, like, we're starting the car. Like, we start the car, and so we went joyriding out that night. And I remember we were joyriding, but it kept dying on us, right? I remember we were... That seems so... <laughs> like, the most obvious thing driving through town. <laughs> well, we, it kept stalling out. Finally, the, the battery was, like, toasted, and we're at this gas station. And, like, you could start it, you could jump it, and it would only run for, like, a few minutes. And we're like, all right, we're going to have to jump this thing and get out of this gas station and get back to the ramp and park this thing or else we're going to get busted. And I remember it was, like, one of those gas stations you pull out, and there's, like, a big divider, you know, the, the curb divider in the yeah. middle of the street. So we got it. We got it started, and I just pulled out. And, like, I felt like going right, I'd have to go down too far, and I'd end up dying in the middle of the road. So I just moshed this thing right over the metal curb Oh, thing. my God. And I remember the worst sound, like, in the middle of the car. It's all... <laughs> I just... I basically did, like, a like a double pay grind across the middle of the car, across this island. But we ended up getting back and, and uh, 
and staying out of jail that night. Did the body shop or anybody ever? No, nope, they never found out. We disconnected the battery and put the keys. Back oh my up. gosh! Yeah. So, but you know, there was all kinds of you know, late night. You know, there was all kinds of riffraff that came into I, that. yeah yeah that that came into that place at night and and you know eventually you know. There was people we you know we lived there. You yeah, because I mean? there was that skateboarder. Uh, Didn't Red live there? That yeah, skateboarder. Yeah, eventually Red lived under the vert ramp, and uh, we had another guy, Marky Leal, who was like that old school pro skater. He lived under the quarter pipe, the far quarter pipe yeah. there. Eventually, I got kicked out of where I was living, and I was living behind the wall ride. And so we were all just. How old were you about then? I was, I would say, nineteen. So you just out of your parents' house? Yeah, just I came to San Jose like. Because the ramp club was open, I was already driving three nights a week from Danville to, to the ramp yeah. club, back and forth three nights a week. And so I turned 18, graduated, went on tour with Ron, and I got back and moved straight to San Jose and, yeah. and, and just lived at the ramp club for like two years. Where, how, how was that first tour? Oh, that was not, that was a warp tour. That was, oh. and that was, uh, that wasn't even warp tour with Dave Tom. That was the, the, just the, the vert ramp? No, it was, it was me and, um, uh, it wasn't. It may have been Matt Sager. Sager was, I think, on later. No, no, Sager would have been on before. I was, I was on one big tour with Sager Cooter. We call him Cooter. Yeah, yeah. He's a hell of. He's super redneck. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing was, we were on tour, and he said he, he called someone a cooter. I'm like, what's a cooter? Yeah, that's a, that's a term. Yeah, used for like redneck. Yeah, and I go, what's a cooter? And he goes, well, that's a redneck. And I was like, oh, I go, and he, we called him cooter the rest of the time. He hated it. <laughs> <laughs> he hated it. The second he told me, I'm like, what's a cooter? He's all cooters like a redneck. This I'm like, dude, you're a fucking cooter. Right? He's from the middle of nowhere yeah. in Washington. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the the first warp tour with Sean Burnham, rest in peace, and. Um, who else was with me on? I think it was Matt Sager. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's when we traveled in an RV with Ron's band and us, nine people in an RV, and we traveled in that. And then the next year, I went on warp tour with with Dave, Tom, Dave Stevenson, and we were actually on a tour bus. Yeah. We were like legit on the tour. Well, here let, let's let's finish this ramp club thing before All we right. jump into the warp tour. So well, one thing about the ramp club, and, and if you want to edit this out, you you let him know. Later. <laughs> so, here's just full circle right in the ramp club, and he comes across. A girl that I went to high school with. <laughs> oh yeah, and she was. Well, yeah, she she, uh, she yeah she. Uh, well, Marky, the old school pro skater, yeah, who, who hated all BMXers pretty much except for me. <laughs> that was her husband. Right, was that the dude that was going to shoot me. Yeah, that was the dude who was going to shoot you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and so and so he he lived under you know he lived under that ramp and uh, and, and she started coming around and that's how sort of. That's and, how, that's eventually how. Because you moved in with her. Yeah, I moved in with her. Because I remember we she stayed. She was a full on stripper partier. Yeah. We worked at the the club over here, and I haven't seen her since you know high school days. What, yeah. But just to give you, like I said, you go to the ramp club late at night. Well, here's my correlation, and I'm not trying. We all know you partied really hard. You, yeah. I mean, this was that was about to start where you were. You went from a dude that was just smoking and drinking to you were partying hard. I was partying. Yeah. Yeah. You you were up. Yeah. Um. Because I remember we went down there once it was like me and i think we were on our way to uh oceanside to a bs contest in oceanside me i I, you know they all blend together but yeah it was a late night session and i remember you were there keggy was there keggy was in his mini truck and his girlfriend was breaking up with him and he was crying not i love chad i'm not trying to throw him (laughs) under the bus it was a long time ago and it was funny and i remember We'd leave our. I, I wanted to go out with my car and do something, and I was just. It was so awkward. You're like, oh god, yeah. and so we're in there riding, 
I remember going in and you had two girls in there and you guys were partying. Yeah. And you, hey, hey Chad. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going I'm to go ride. Yeah. And then I remember Chad comes in and he was so upset that night. He learned flares. He just started flinging flares on the quarter pipe after the box jump. Oh. And he landed one. It took him like five tries. His bike was, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just remember thinking like, this place is fucking loose, dude. Yeah. Like, there was like, you had the, those chicks there. Yeah. You were getting loose. Chad's crying. <laughs> I ended up with bug bites. It it was it was wild. But yeah, and then that night you're like, oh, we're going to stay. I'm saying stay my girlfriend's, and we followed you and your caddy out. And I remember yeah. just scraping everything, leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we get to the house, and you're like, okay, cool guys. So just so you know, if you see someone like looking in the windows, or <laughs> he's like, you're like, just sleep under the dining room table because. Her ex-boyfriend hates me, and he might shoot up the house or something. And I was like, what? I remember being so freaked out, just like laying under the coffee table all night. <laughs> yeah, it sounds sounds pretty typical. Sounds pretty on par. Yeah, yeah. And, and the ramp club stayed for a while, and eventually eventually, the ramp club's demons got the best of it. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, it was definitely... Well, a lot of the core dudes that were part of it kind of were sponsored and weren't yeah, Brian, well, Brian Jackson lived there, and then Brian Jackson left when Red was living there. And, you know, it it, it never made any money, Yeah, right? It never made any money, and then it, it was like, there was a lot of liability, you know, yeah. let's put it that way. There was a lot of liability in that place going on every day. It was, it was, uh, it got pretty sketchy there at the end, but, yeah. but uh, man, a lot, a lot of good times there. So... You're you're still are you still entering contests at that point or are you kind of falling back from contests and just touring a bunch? Yeah, I mean by that point I'm sort of like going to some contests here and there. Like I remember I was doing like Burning Bike, you know, Ron's Yeah, I did that and I did really good there, you know what I mean? And I had gone to some contests, you know. I was sort of a mess, right? And, and I went to Right around that time, me and Cecil, we always go to the ramp club. And we always Cecil Johns? Cecil Johns. From Boss? Yeah, and watches you guys ride. And there was a point in time where it was like, Nikos was still learning a lot of stuff, but it's like Cam was the one that was just about better than everybody. Yeah. You know, he was throwing big shit, and he had his own bag of shit. Own bag I of tried tricks. to ride different. Yeah. You know? I tried and, to do some was, stuff people weren't doing. Exactly. Was, you know, and it, it really stood out, like. A lot of people were saying that, you know, almost a point that Cam was probably one of the best writers in the Ram Club at that early era. Yeah. When, I, it, when shit got a little out of control. Yeah. yeah you know and, I mean? Well, I mean, when shit was out of control, I mean, you got to realize I was there all night riding. I remember we filmed you, and you did it like first try, hit the box jump lip, aired into the vert ramp, bar spin, bank, yeah. soup. It, I used to do that gap to grind. Oh I used to do I used to do gap to bar to that, that gap. That was really far. Grind. Yeah, and it was far. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, there was a lot. I always tried when I was that time, especially when in those era, it was like, I really wanted to do technical lip tricks, but I really wanted to do big, scary tricks that, like, you know, my thought of, like, badass was not smooth. My thought of badass was just, like, something big and hairy and landing super sketchy, but pulling it. Yeah. Right? You, you wanted be, people watching you be like, like oh, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like a show, you know what I mean? So it was like, I was always thinking, like, what can I do that would be, like, you know, just gnarliest you know i wanted to be known as more gnarly instead of like yeah i mean joey you know i was in a guy you know i'm in a, i'm in a group and you gotta remember like you sort of evolve around like you want to stick out 
So I'm not going to try to ride smooth. I mean, I'm riding with Joey Garcia all the time, yeah. right? I'm not going to out-smooth Joey Garcia. True. Right? He's the smoothest guy. And, and everything Joey did, it made it look so easy. That you so just easy. You can just go out there and do it. Yeah. Click, the hardest thing. high, you know, everything Style. like that. Super and, dialed. you know, and, and Nyquist by that time was super technical and dialed, right? Super techie, right? Like, every yeah. all the bar spins, all those things. So it's like, you know, you had to sort of do something to stand out. And for me, standing out was like, I wanted to be like, Really, I thought being crazy burly, but then all of a sudden you do like a Canadian to bar in, or yeah. you know, or some super technical lip trick, or you know, like tail tap to nose to tooth the bar, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. People be like, Well, what the fuck is that? Like, he just did like the sketchiest jump I've ever seen was badass, and then he went straight into some technical, technical lip trick. But early you know. Cam Birdwell, like technical tricks, were like, I'm just you know, X up wall rides. Oh yeah, you know stuff like that. Except wall ride, trying to bar out. Well, you of did. It. You even except rails. Except rails. Except one hand. Except, except, except one hand wall ride. Yeah. Except, except one handed wall ride. Except rocket one handed wall ride. Yeah. Except uh, except crooked grind. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a little bit later. Yeah. That that, that came later. We can get to that later. But Re- so when you went on tour with Warp Tour, because Warp Tour had been around for maybe a couple of years yeah. then. Yeah. Were you like? freaking out like oh shit i get to go out with all these bands or no i mean or were you just partying too much to where i you know i you know i felt like you know i mean i toured every year so it was very much you know i've been touring every year getting bigger tours doing more stuff and then that that warp tour was like the last two warp tours i mean they were a lot of fun you know what i mean they were a lot of fun and it always consisted of and you know i couldn't i wasn't one who could party and ride that was not me, right? I You're not Dave Tom? No. I, could, I couldn't party and ride. I could never do that because I can't, you know, I can't really turn off the party switch, right? So it's like I could never ride and party. So, But I, what I'd do is we'd wake up, you know, get our, you know, recover from the night before, get some food in us, set up the box. We'd ride during the middle of the day at the shows. But then, like, 4 o'clock, once that show was over, it was like, bah, 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 put that box away, and it was like it was on. It was like party machine, and we'd go back, and we'd go to, the, you know, the bus or the RV, I take their passes and we go out and we just gather people. You know yeah. what I mean? I bring them back, you know, with the with the passes and we get them back. And then, you know, finally till we had a full RV or a full bus. So you said the first year you went with Ron and the band, but the second year cuz you said it was like Ron, you and Sager or something. It, it was me, Ron, Ron's band, Sager, Sean Burnham. Yeah. And I believe the tour ended, and then I did another shop tour afterwards, and I think it was with different people. Yeah. But uh, you, I remember you saying the other day, he was like, oh, you guys are going to go back out, pick the riders you want. And, you and then the next year, he said, I need t- to... Tell me why you picked the two well, you Okay, picked. so the next year, I, I was on for two it, but I was going on the tour through Jinko. Oh, okay. Right? Because Jinko was big in yeah, DMX at that time. Yeah, Jinko was big, and they wanted it, and, and they were sponsoring. Because you were pro for Jinko, right? Yeah, and they were sponsoring us. On, it's on, weird Bruce didn't go almost. Yeah, you Bruce know what? Well, well, Ron had said, okay, you're going on through Jinko. This guy, Ian Lashley, this and that. He goes, you need to pick. Get, I need two guys that go on tour. Obviously, they need to do flips. That was like the one, because I didn't flip. You didn't flip, did I you? I didn't flip. That's crazy. I, and, and I'll tell you that story in a minute. Me and me and Oscar were talking about it, why I did, why I didn't flip, and we I've sort of you know done a self analysis and I think yeah. I figured out why I didn't flip. But but yeah, talk about the two dudes you picked and yeah, and, and why and, yeah. And then so <laughs> so he goes and basically the only prerequisite was that they had to flip. And at that time, you know, I was like, oh okay, well Dave Tom, right? Why'd you, why'd you pick Dave? Well, Dave Tom, I knew like it, as hard as I partied, like you know. 
Dave Tom was still pretty much going to out-party me. And so, you know, I wouldn't look like such a degenerate. <laughs> I would look like, you know, I, I wouldn't look so bad. You and, know? and Dave could kill it, too. And Dave could kill it, right? And he could flip. And, you know, I, you know, obviously you guys have been come down. I'd become friends with Dave yeah. over the years. And I knew he shredded. I was in all the same videos. I knew he was really, really good. Yeah. Right? Really good. Um, I always remember, you know, seeing Dave when he would do Decades. And, and had whip sound, and there was, those are hard tricks. I've still never he, done a decade. Yeah, he's had those things for... Never done a decade. Yeah. And, and I remember it took me a long time to learn tail whips, and I remember he used to just throw whips on everything. Yeah. Um, but but I picked him, and then I picked a guy, Dave Stevenson. Uh, yeah. Death, Dave, Death Ride Dave. And Dave's from the L.A. area, right? Well, he's from Sacramento. Oh, is he from Sac? Originally? Yeah, he's from okay. Sacramento, and then he went up, He may have been in L.A. before that. When I met him in Sacramento, I went to some trails in Sacramento to ride with all those guys. And, and he's just... And well, he yoke. pulled up, and he was just in shorts, and I had never seen him, but he was burly looking, right? Oh, he was so burly. So burly, and he went in front of me to ride, and he had a gun tap, uh, you know, put in the back of his shorts. He had a gun back yeah, there. Yeah, st- sticking out of his shorts, and he was busting these airs, and I, and, and you know, at that time, I was trying to be hardcore. I was just like, instantly was like, this guy's like my hero. So right? he's jumping through the trails. with He's just sessioning with us with a gun in, in, stuffed in the back. It wasn't like he had a gun holster. I mean, this thing was just stuffed into yeah, the back yeah. of his shorts. And he's just like chilling, talking with us or whatever. Which is weird because he's like the nicest guy. Oh, he's super nice. But that's who I, I picked him, right? So I got two Daves. Right, one to make me look good and one to protect me against all my dumb shit. Because no one would mess with Dave Stevenson, right? No, no so I could walk around and just bump into everybody and just be totally out of control. And Dave would be with me, and Dave always kind of had his wits about him, right? And, and he just—he didn't really party super hard, did he? He partied, but he was always super chill, right? Yeah. And, but like, you didn't cross him. Like yeah. you saw the dude, and so I felt like I'm like, all right, you know, obviously selfish cam. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna be good now. Got someone to make me look good. Got someone to protect me. Like this summer's on, and and you know we we had a blast. I mean we we traveled all summer long, and we raged, and we had, you know, we were all over the place, and we would just get into. I mean that was warp tour. It's like peak. Oh, it is peak, and you know we were on with with Rancid and, and Pennywise, and you know Bad Religion, and. You know, uh, were you hanging out with uh, the bands? Uh, oh and stuff? yeah, a lot with um, uh, uh, who was Fred Durst, the, um, the singer of? Well, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, I know. Did it all for the Nookie. You know, um, uh, what is that band? Why thing? can't I think of it? I they're, they're long gone now. Yeah, but, that rap rock band. Yeah, rap rock, but they were huge at the time, yeah. and and uh, so t- on their bus all the time. They used to, you know pay me in product to, you know, roll their green cigarettes up <laughs> to roll their joints, <laughs> right? So I would go on there at night, and they'd hit, throw it on the table, and I'd roll it all for them, and they'd give it to me. But, you know, I, we knew all the truck drivers. We raged. It was so much fun. And then towards the last, like, 10 days of the tour, like, maybe there was, like, two weeks left right around there, you know, at night, we would so – another truck would tow our – we were in a bus, right? And they yeah. would tow the box jump. In the middle of the night, the box fell apart or whatever, but they had to leave it. The tour drives in the middle of the night all night long. Yeah. And so they left. They left the box, and and uh, we didn't have anything to ride at that point, right? And so you're just on tour. We're just on tour, right? And Warp Tour, they would always every morning on all the buses, they would put a huge case of beer, two cases of beer, like two thirty bats. Just seems like trouble. It, it does. Well, I mean, it's, with like the group of group yeah. Of the people, like, well, and well, with, with ours, it was trouble, right? But with the box trip, we kept it together to do our shows, right? Yeah. We actually weren't. I mean. We'd rage when everyone else started raging, right? Yeah. But once once the box broke, like the raging just started. It, it was ten days of not non. It was right right when we woke up. Yeah, right. We would go, and I remember it was getting really hairy, um, and you know we were. 
it was it was getting wild, right? It, it was getting wild. Where like, were you leaving the show, cruising cities and stuff? We would always leave the show. Usually, you know, I had something back then. I'm a big Taco Bell fan, so like, I would always leave the. Sh- <laughs> I, I would. Uh, I would always leave. I've eaten Taco Bell in every state but Alaska, right? And so I would always leave to go look for, like, like I was getting some new cuisine or something. But I, <laughs> I, I just had to eat Taco Bell in every state, so I'd always leave and go try to find Taco Bells, right? That was like. And you bring one of the Daves with you, probably. Oh, always bring one of the Daves with me, right? And there uh, were stories of like Cam on on Warp Tour and like getting kicked off the tour. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to tell this story. And then, and I'm going to tell this back in to yeah. someone else. Oh, that was with Ron's show. That's one. So one time, and Ron has the footage, and we're going to find it, right? Oh, he has yeah. a, and I'm up there at one of the Cellophane Solutions, out of control, right? I'm out of control. I'm at the Cellophane Solutions show, and that was his band. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going berserk up at the stage, right? And if, they kick me off. They drag me out, and I'm fighting and doing all this stuff. And they go, and they throw me off the tour, right? But it's just like a security guard for that location, right? Yeah. So I go back around. I get back in the tour because I'm on the tour, right? And then he has footage of me, and I go back in, and I got my badge. I go, I'm on the tour. You can't do shit to me. And like, I'm in this guy's face. Ozzy, when when they had uh, they had one tour where where uh, Warp Tour and Ozfest met, met. Oh, wow. And and I wish I saw the shirt. They gave everyone on the tour a shirt, and it said, we're skating meet Satan, right? And it was uh, – Right, and it was and it was where where they combined the tours. It was this massive show, right? It was just like this huge show. Ozfest, Warp Tour met together. It was just like huge, right? Yeah. And I'm backstage still, even though it's Ozfest too, right? And so I remember I'm like I'm gonna be on stage at Ozzy, right? Like I'm gonna be on stage at Ozzy. So we're we're up there. Um, you know, we go and you know Ozzy gets driven and he gets up on the stage and I'm up on the stage. And he was still kind of. Oh, walking yeah. around and he's pretty normal yeah yeah pretty normal he gets up there and he starts his concert and i just remember and i was already pretty loose and i'm just like i'm just gonna go out and just start headbanging right in the middle of the stage so like middle of his set i like go out and think i'm just like yeah i got on and they drag me off the show for that one they they kick me i got back on after that one but that the 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 last one was when the box jump broke yeah and we were just kind of out of control. And was both Dave's with you, or is it just Dave no, Bob? no? So this is what happened. Both Dave's were still there, and on the same night, right? I don't know what it led up to, and I'm sure there's a big story leading up to it. I don't remember, yeah. right? All I know is that Dave Death Ride Dave Stevenson yeah. got arrested for indecent exposure. Okay, right? And I think he was peeing on something or doing something. He got arrested, so he wasn't even up. But not, I didn't know, so he was already. And he got held back in that town. So we left. Were you guys down by Louisiana or something? We were on the East Coast, up around North Carolina-ish okay. area, somewhere in that area. And so Dave Stevenson's off. And I don't know. I'm pretty much. Because you're partying. I'm really, yeah, that was gonzo that night. Partying uh, with Eric. Let's just say this. I'm rec- recalling these events from third-party sources. Okay. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, and what eventually happened is, and I don't really remember much. I do remember at the end. They pulled over all of the buses. It's like 30 or 40 buses. They pulled them all over on some desolate highway in the middle of the night. For um, you. Yeah. And, and the owner of the – Kevin Lyman, the head of the tour, and all his goons came on, and they just dragged me off. Apparently, I was messing with everybody, you know, fighting with everybody, and eventually I did something to the bus driver, and that was like the last the, the last straw. Yeah. And they came on there, and they dragged me off there with all my stuff. And I remember, like, I was just still, like, defiant. You know what I mean? I was going off, and I'm like, no. And I'm like, the only thing I was carrying with me was my beer bong. Like, I was just, like, trying to fight for my beer bong. And, like, they dragged me off all my stuff. My bike was on some other bus. I didn't have my bike. Yeah. But all my stuff. And they just, boom. And Kevin Lightman handed me 200 bucks. He goes, good luck. And, they, and, and, they, you, and you were underage, though. Oh, yeah. 
You were 17, weren't you? No, I was, I think, 19. Oh, okay. Cause 18 Dave, or 19. When Dave's told he's like, he's underage. They're just dropping him off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was 18, okay. at least. And so they put me on the side of the road. I'm no, I mean, this is the middle of nowhere. And didn't Dave just go, I guess I'm with you? No. Dave stayed on. Dave stayed on? Yep. I was all, all, on my own. In the I middle thought of the side, Dave left with you. No. No. And, and so at that point now, one night, two BMXers are gone, right? And yeah. so... I just remember just dragging my stuff. You know, it was too much stuff to carry on me. I'm dragging it. I'm dragging my stuff down this desolate. I have no idea where I am. Yeah. Right? No idea. Are you wasted? Oh, wasted, right? And I finally walk into a gas station. And, like, I get in this gas station. I'm just out of it. And it's in the middle of the night. And I remember, like, this car pulled in, this guy. And I had no idea, right? There's no phones. There's no anything. So you're just sort of winging it. And yeah. I told this guy, I'm like, Listen, I had 200 bucks. I go, I'll give you $100 to get me to an airport, right? $100. And he goes, all right, we'll stay here. So he leaves, and then I don't know how much time goes by, but he comes back. I remember it was like a, a, a Trans Am or something that was like beefed up. Of course it was. Right? And, and, and he comes, he gets me. I give him 100 bucks. I get in. I remember it wasn't very far before we were at the airport, right? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very far. I remember thinking like, I totally just wasted 100 bucks. That was a lot back there. I, mean, you know, I just totally wasted 100 bucks. But I get out of the airport. I'm sick all night long, right? Just, I wake up in the just morning. Just coming down. Huh? Oh, yeah. I wake up in the morning, and I call Ron. Ron's pissed, right? He goes, you know, Dave's in jail, and, you know, you got kicked off. You're making me look bad. Jinko's pissed, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, Ron, just fly me home. Because I was supposed to start a shop tour at, at the end of the work tour. Yeah. I go, just fly me home, and I'll drive out. He goes, no, I'm not flying you home. And so he goes, he goes, get take a cab to... Um, he goes, I, I, I had, by that point I had spent some money on everything and, but I needed to take a cab to Greyhound. Oh, he's like, well, I'll pay. No, no. He, he, well, we figured it out. And basically he said, you have enough money, a little bit of money for food. Use what you have left to take a cab to Western Union and then use, and then take the cab to the Greyhound station. And then I did those things and, and he wired me some money. I got a ticket and then I took a bus from I don't know North Carolina to Texas, I took the Greyhound. And Were you then, sick the whole time? No, I mean I was okay then, and you know it was it was just a miserable. I had almost no money. Um, I spent whatever money I had on you know cigarettes or alcohol or whatever. You know, I had no money, and I got there and I stayed in some shoddy motel, um, and and until the shop tour started, and then but that the last day of the show. I got back to the Warp Tour because that's where we were supposed to meet. We we're the last stop of the Warp yeah. Tour. And some guy had my bike, seat all raised, and the handlebars all moved, trying to claim my bike. I'm like, that's my bike, dude. And he's just like, I was about uh, to ask you if you got yeah, your bike. Yeah, I got was my bike. D- and so was Dave Tom there like, hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I honestly, I, I don't think Dave Tom went on the shop tour with me. I think it was a different team. Oh, really? I think it was two hip riders. And I don't remember, to be honest, I can't remember who exactly what it was. I'd say probably the funnest guy I ever toured with, and he, I really looked up to him when I toured with him, and I had a lot of fun, and I still think he's an amazing writer. It's Dom Mock. Oh, I love Dom. Uh, so he was on two hip for a minute. Yes, yes, and I remember oh. seeing I remember seeing Dom at the end of one of my summers shows. I remember seeing him double whip. Oh, he did double whips. Yeah, he, I remember seeing him do a double whip in like '96, '95. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he double whipped the two hip box, and I remember just going like. Wow, like who? No one did that. I forgot he rode for two hip before yeah. McNeil, huh? Yeah, and he was he was fun to tour with, dude. He first time I met Dom was like '94. I just graduated high school. We went to this contest up in Canada. Yeah, and you know I'm from this little redneck town, and we show up, and all these Canadians they are just on a whole nother level. 
Yeah. That contest, I got to see Davis Auto on a Kuahara Bravo, or Magician, Yeah. do a Canadian full bar spin on an eight-foot quarter on a Kuahara. Like, this is like beginning of summer 94. I'm like, you know, somebody did a Canadian on that quarter pipe. I'd have lost my mind, let alone bar spinning. Dom almost front flips the box jump. Yep. You know, it was just like my mind was being blown. And he's like, you know, sometimes I think people, especially when he got on McNeil, the world didn't really know about Dom Mock. And he no. came out. By the time he was on McNeil, Dom was very beaten up. Yeah. So people hadn't seen him, how spry. He and was like, gnarly. Dude. And he was still so consistent. People didn't yeah. realize, like, the knack-knack seat grab inward yep. bar spin. I've yeah. never seen somebody do that. And uh, the nicest dude. Yeah. I think very one one of the most underrated riders yep. ever for the stuff he pushed. Yep. Um, he was he was badass. He was so badass. And, and and again, remember, I was that was it was my type of style, right? Oh, you big guys, yeah. and burly, but could do technical lip tricks. And so yeah, you guys, I, he's right up your alley, right up my alley, man. And so I was just like a huge fan of him uh, when I toured with him, and I was just like I really looked up to Dom a lot when I yeah. toured with him. He was like, you know, he's a couple years older than me. He's um, like he's he, him yeah. and I are about the same age. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a few years older than me, and he was super burly, and you know like the don't give a fuck style, like we'll go for anything. Yeah, but, but then could bust like some technical shit that no one else could do. And I was tail like, up nose, pick a yeah, sub box, like, this, and this, that's that's what I like my riding to be. And he probably had a lot of influence on how I tried to ride. You yeah, know what I mean. So he was probably one of the funnest guys I toured with. And an early infection dude. Yep. You know so. Yep. You know, kind he had of, another video I can't remember the name that was straight out of Canada. One of his. Oh early, yeah, I'm about to put, I'm about to put it online. It's the, uh, it's like the Legend of Zelda cover. Yes. Yeah, it's gold. And but there was another guy he rode with, like, Simon. Yes, and they rode all together, and yeah. there was like a little outdoor mini that they rode. Simon Barry, yeah. yeah. Simon was sick too. Yeah. That, that, those were my homies from like when I first. Yeah. Like, when I first started going to Canada, those were the dudes we'd always yeah. link up with. Yep. And so I got that video from Mutt and copied it. So I oh. knew of Dom. Um, you know, well before, you know... I mean, Dom was riding pro-level early, early, early 90s. He was doing some badass stuff. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah, the Legend of Zelda cover, exactly. Yeah, I forgot what it's called, but it's gold. It's spray-painted yep. gold. I pulled it out the other day. I'm like, I got to put this on the Snakebite channel because yep. no one's seen it, and it's yep. super good. Yeah. So, let, you know, you, you've done the touring thing. You weren't even doing the contest. You were barely in magazines at that time, kind of, weren't you? Like... Yeah, I started getting in magazines. I mean, when I was on two up, I think my first one was like an ad, and then I, I got a picture on my parents' box jump doing a Superman. Was like my on, a, on the black style boy, and that was my first like non ad yeah picture. Um, and then you know, right around there, I started getting some more pictures, mostly Superman stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I, that was sort of what I started becoming known. I remember the, a lot of the pictures I think people talk about is the one hand X up wall ride where yeah. you're up at the ceiling. Yeah. Now that was that was later. Yeah. That was later because that, I think, when... Uh, you were breakless then, too. Yeah, I that was when... That was like 2003. Okay. Right? That was when... Remember I was telling you I went to do the transit part? Yeah. Right? I was sort of in my underground era. Right? I sort of went... Well, that's why I was saying it's kind of after the two hip... The, the two, tours, two hip... The two tours. ended in 2000. And 99 was the last year I toured for two. And you... Everything... You kind of disappeared. Because I you, went underground. Because, well, you were just... I get, was partying. Getting in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, and, partying. And, and I went underground. Uh, 2000, 2001, 2000. Do you want to talk about that era? Like, what was going you know, on? I, I was just, uh, you know, you, I, you know, I was partying really hard. And, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I made some bad decisions, you know. And, 
and essentially I was in no state to really focus on riding mm-hmm. and, and to make it okay so here's here's a good example one of the last times I I really tried was I went to I think it was Virginia went to Virginia to the, to the BS right I think that's where that photo was taken no no Isn't that east coast that was yeah that was that but that was this is like late okay. 90s this is like late 90s like 98 or 99 I think probably 98 98 99 so this is after I moved to San Jose when I was partying really hard so put it this way I flew out there right and I got to that contest. I put my bike together, and um, I ended up staying in the hotel room for a week. I didn't even go to the contest. Wow! I didn't even make it to the contest. Right? I didn't even go to the contest. I stayed in the hotel room for a week. You just found somebody that? No, I was I was sleeping. I was oh. out of it. Right? I was out of it. I was sleeping. I was in no shape or form to go to a contest. By the time the contest was well over, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, I got to get home. I had no money. Right? And so I called a cab because I just, I'm like, I can't miss my flight. It was like the one thing I knew, like, I can't miss my flight home, right? And so the cab came. I didn't even say anything, right? I didn't even say anything. And, and like, they put my bike in. I, did, I couldn't even take my bike apart or anything, right? I You're just, just so I, tired I'm just like, sick. get me, yeah, just get me to, to the airport. And I remember I get there to the airport, and I was like, dude, I got some bad news. He's in the cab driver. Like, he's like, well, what is it? And I'm like, I got no money, man. And he's like, what? And I go, I got no money at all. And I'm like, but I had, like, a pendant. And it was a Susan B. Anthony dollar and like a pendant. I have no idea if it was valuable or not. I'm like, this is all I got. It's yours. I go, I'm sorry, man. I go, I just had to get here. He's like, oh, I don't even remember really. I know I got all my stuff out. I walk in. I wheel my bike in, right? I wheel my bike in and they're like, it's going to be 50 bucks because my bike's rolled in, right? Yeah. And at the time, it was 50 bucks if you want to You could it. roll a bike in. At For that 50 time. bucks, yeah. right? 50 bucks extra was the thing. And I didn't have 50 bucks, right? Or, or any sort of credit or debit card or anything like that. I had nothing, right? And, and he goes, you can't bring that bike in. So I'm like, I'm getting ready to just leave my bike, right? Um, whatever. I'll leave the bike. And there's some guys walk off, and they had like a BMX shirt. Somehow I knew they were BMX dropping someone off. I'm like, hey, are you guys going? And the next one was like in Florida, Right. It was either I was in, no, I was either in Florida. Yeah, I was, and the next one was in Florida. And, and, and so there, I go, are you going to be in Florida at the next contest, which was like a month away? Yeah. Some month and a half away. I'm like, yeah, we'll be there. Like, you know, Cameron Birdwell, you know, yeah, we'll be there. And I go, can you bring my bike? <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can bring your bike. So I just handed my bike off to him. I'm like, all right. And I go to get on the plane and I don't even have ID. I don't know why I didn't have ID, but they're like, well, do you have ID? And I'm like, I don't have ID. And they're like, well, you know, you can't really get on. That's when I flashed, you know, the Birdwell, right? I flashed the Birdwell on the stomach, right? The tattoo. And they're like, mm. I'm like, do you really think I get this tattooed on my stomach to get a free plane flight? I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And they're like, all right. So they let me on the plane. I got home. I skated at the ramp club for a month and a half. Didn't even ride, touch a bike, right? Flew out to this other contest. I still have clueless. I don't even know who these guys are. I don't have their number. Nothing, You're right? just hoping to see somebody. Yeah, I go You're hoping to... somebody walks up to you and be like, Cam, got your bike. Yeah, I, and I, I go I go to the contest and, um, you know, and, and I'm, I go to the sign-up booth and sure enough, they like walk up with my bike. They're like, hey, Cam, here. They got my bike all dialed in. I'm like, oh, thanks, guys, right? So that contest, that, that contest was also um, pretty much a train wreck, a little bit better, but, you know, pretty much still a train wreck of a contest i just couldn't get my i couldn't you know be on practice on time my bike was falling apart i didn't have the tools to fix it i just well, well i mean the kind of state that you i just was in, in a mess i couldn't get anything together in time it's like i remember that contest like my bike was barely rolling well, i mean how much was at that point in your life where bmx went on the priority level oh it was way down like in and i know this from my brother kind of you know yeah. 
in your head, you still think it's at the highest yes. point. Yes. But the, your actions have put it down to yes. like twentieth place. Oh, it's it's way down, right? And, and at that point, like you, you've got other priorities, right? And those priorities come way before. And if those aren't met, the BMX is off the table, right? Yeah. So, you know, and that Florida wasn't that good all, you know, that good either. And I remember like that, you know, that that contest ended pretty bad as well. I ended up, you know, I ended up. I ended up staying in uh, Hoffman's room, uh, right? He left, and he had the room for another night, and Gons was like, oh, you, could, for- you, could stay, you could stay in here. And put it this way, and, and, you know, we're ordering room service. Sorry, Hoffman. I'll pay you back for that. We're ordering room service. You and Gons. Oh, me and Gons and Sean Burnham. We're ordering room service. <laughs> we're eating pancakes. Or, you, know, or, you know, we're all eating. And then, like, they call back, and, like, they knew or something. I couldn't remember, but they called the room, and we answered. And, they, and you could just tell that they knew. So we bounced out, and I had a flat tire. So we skirted out of the room real quick. And, uh, um, you know, long story short, I ended up in some, you know, in, in a public restroom with, with Gons and, and Sean Byrne and partying for, like, multiple hours. <laughs> and then and then I made it home. But that was that was pretty much how the contest went, right? And, yeah. and, and, and that was sort of like, I, it was just pointless. You know, and then I got off Ron to ride for two or for ride for Redline. Yeah, you were telling me about that, yeah, which I don't think a lot of people know. No, you, and, you and, left two hip two ride. Yeah, for in the end of '99, I, uh, I you know I left two hip to ride you know Redline. <clears throat> Todd Lyons, you know, and um, Todd Ly- Todd Lyons was an integral part. No, not Todd Lyons. Super G, Super G. It was Todd Lyons and Super G. I, I can't. No, Todd Lyons was my hookup at Jinko. Yeah, yeah. Todd Lyons and, and Super G sort of. Uh, got the red line thing in place. Yeah. And they sent me a rough draft of a contract and it was like, you know, starting in 2000, I was the pro dirt, pro street, um, you know, uh, salaried, photo contingencies, contest contingencies, um, the full, the full package, right? Yeah. Salary money. And it was great at the time, you know, it was like a full package, right? It's 17 contests. Enough to pay rent and live. Uh, everything. Yeah. I'm way better than what I, it was like a full, it was like a real job. And at that time, I mean, I was partying really hard and I knew like, were you talking to Ryan or any of those guys then? No, no, nah, nah, they, they were already sort of on their own track, you know, by, by then, you know, I was in, me and Ryan mentally were in separate universes right like you were friends but yeah i mean we, like, we grew up riding together right yeah. our, our roots are there so it's like one of those things that like outside of the bike we were as far opposite spectrum as you could get um i was just you know i thought i was punk rock you know really i was just an idiot but so you know they sent me the rough draft of the contract i said you know fuck yes send me you know send me the contract and at that time i thought you know i'm just gonna go on like one last party bender and just go for it and uh and you know after so, like so you said you're gonna do that and then be clean for that well yeah then clean up my act and, and, and really go for it right and, and uh so but you know i thought if i'm gonna if this is gonna you know my my going away from from my from my party and party i'm just gonna go as hard as i can and uh you know i went too hard you yeah. know what i mean i went too hard and then uh which ended up in me you know sort of you know, taking a hiatus. Let's put it that way. I took a little bit of a hiatus. So you party. So you were supposed to sign the contract in ten days. Yeah, and and, and um, you know, and and I never, I, I for a long time. It, years later, I, I I burned the contract. I got the contract in the mail, but by the time I was able to get to the contract, it was months and months and months later, and they had already signed. So your bender went from ten days to months, 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 and you just kind of spaced or. 
prioritize the state yeah. of mind you're in. You pushed yeah. it down. Yeah, let's say. I mean, I I had been, I got in some trouble, right? But by the time I had gotten in trouble, I had already racked up like speeding ticket warrants and no insurance warrants, and, and you know, just being stupid. I yeah. drove, I was driving down to a contest in L.A. in Ron's van. And I got pulled over on the grapevine, and it, there was no insurance on the van, and I was speeding, and you know, and I got this big ticket, and then I got a big court date, which I flaked on the court date, and then you know that turned into like, um, you know, a, a warrant, and then I got driving on suspended, and that turned into a bigger thing, and you know, and yeah, so, just the just the typical things like when you're in that state of mind, I don't care. I, I think most people don't, you know, if somebody has a friend or a family member, yeah. Like, I've known you your whole life. Yeah. Even when you were messed up, you were yeah. still camp. Yeah. You know, you're still a sweet guy. Yeah. You're making bad choices. Most time when people get pulled into the system like that, yeah. it's not for like, oh, I grand theft auto or something no. violent. It's yeah. a tic-tac effect yeah. of like, oh, you skip this and this and this. Yeah. And those things just turn yeah. from an anthill to yeah. Um, what a, a mountain. Yep. And then that's what you get pulled into that system. Yep. And, and you never can pull yourself out because you're not in the right state of mind. No. And, and I got in a little bit of trouble, and I was in a court, and and they were gonna let me. You know, they were gonna let me out. They, you know, my my best friend Squirrel. You know, love him to death. Squirrel's a good dude. Yeah. He he showed up and like showed the judge like, look, this guy's doing this. This this guy has like a really bright future. He, he has opportunities. Yes. And well, I knew because they, my first name's Jay. Yeah. My name's Jay Cameron. And the judge was calling me Jay. And then I went into a court date and they said Cameron, Cameron Birdwell. And I was like, that's weird. You know what I mean? And then he said, hey, I understand you got all these things going on. Like, we're going to let you go and, and deal with your stuff, right? It wasn't that bad. It was yeah. minor, pretty much minor offense. But the warrant in LA for all these driving things had like, it was like $50,000, right? So they wanted $5,000, which was a, way more than I had, yeah. right? And I sort of wasn't talking to my parents at that time and didn't have. He goes, but you have to pay this warrant. They won't let us let you out until you pay this warrant. Otherwise, you have to like stay here, you know, for a while, and then they're going to come and get you and bring you down there. And so I ended up getting stuck because of that. All those driving jail for a while. I got stuck, yeah, for for this thing because I didn't have this five thousand dollars to pay off this warrant. And so by the time I, you know, got it together and dealt with all that stuff, you know, minor stuff. But you know, once I got it all dealt with and got out, it was too late. Yeah. Streeby was on red line. You know, and, and at that point, I was, you know, you're, you're pretty ashamed at that point, right? Like, you know, you're kind of like, I think most people in the industry knew, like a lot of people that, had, you know, that were at least close. It was sort of like I was, you know, you were taking a gamble, you know, if you were going to like sponsor me or something like that. I, mean, I was pretty I know a few of us like would talk about you and, you know, yeah. everybody was concerned about you at that yeah. time, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so I, I didn't really know how to deal with it. And so, I, you know, I went MIA again for a few years, right? I went MIA again for a few years underground and just sort of didn't – I rode all the time. But I, I couldn't look at BMX stuff, magazines or stuff because, you know, you're Yeah, you were saying like when you went, you went in the store and saw a, pitch, a cover yeah. with Ryan. Yeah, and, and, you know, you're thinking like it, it really hits you of like how bad you – the choices you've made are, are really bad, right? Yeah. You know, of, uh, of – it, it's very – it's a very stark indicator of the bad choices you've made have led you to here. Whereas it, here's what it would have looked like if you probably would have made some good choices. Right? And they're just minor choices. Minor, well, I mean, they were pretty major, right? Yeah. I mean, I when I was partying hard like that, it was my persona. Well, it, I've been saying like minor, like, hey, if I just didn't start drinking or, yes. do the, you know, you know, just, yeah. just a couple little 
do yes. those turns. I mean, you know, like they say, the, the age-old thing, if I knew then what I know mm-hmm. now, I mean, it would be a whole different story, right? So, but, you know, that's when, and then a few years went by, but I was still writing all the time, but I was... Well, that's kind of what we we you brought up earlier, that, that video part you filmed for. Yeah, what was for, the video? It's called Transit. Uh, Tran- Transit Video Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, uh, I met Barry... Barry Page, who made that. He owned Triple X Sports when in that, Nashville. That part came out like 2004 or something? That was like 2003. Okay. Yeah, and I was riding the, the blue pork with, with no brakes. The chromoly pork. Yeah, the chromoly pork. I had no brakes. I was sort of like just... But I was riding all street at the time. Yeah. All, and I would ride a little bit of ramps, like the Vans Park I would go out to. And, and just, just a comment on that era that Cam was talking about. You know, he's, he's looking, seeing Nyquist on a cover shot and feeling what he's feeling. Me being... At that point, you know, just a fan of the sport and knowing these guys, like, we all thought that, you know, yeah, Nike was going to be awesome, but we all thought at that one portion of time that he was, he was the one that was better than everybody. He was the one that was going to, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, take it to that level. You know, and, I mean, then that's how I always, you know, growing up, like, like you know, me and Nike were always neck and neck. You know what I mean? We we had different styles or whatever. We, we were sort of pretty opposite. You know, he obviously made a lot of good decisions, but, you know, we were, you know, it was... You know, I felt like it was my calling, right? And then, you know, I guess just over time, you know, people came to expect me to, like, put on a show off the bike. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, it became this thing where my persona was, like, shock him on the bike and then, like... Shock him even more off. Shock him up more off the bike. Like, this dude is just, like, you know, I thought it was, like, you know, this enigma. You don't really think about, like, what happens when this all goes haywire, right? You don't really think about that. But... For transit, yeah, the you know I knew I met Barry on tour and, and, and he's a great guy and you know he offered to help me out. And he said, "Why don't we film a part? You come out here, stay with me for a few weeks. You can work at the shop." You and know, he lived sort of, out in Nashville. In Nashville, and he had the Triple X Park, and and so oh, that's where the one hand X up was at the Triple yeah, X Park. Yep, yeah, and I and I believe Frymouth took the picture. You're right, Frymouth took yeah. it, and you did a one hand X yeah. wall ride. Never done it before. Frymouth was probably just there on a session, and you yeah, showed up. Yeah, I I was doing um I was doing yeah they no I was there. And they came by for something. And, and he was probably like, what the fuck is Cam Yeah, well, here? I mean, that was, I mean, a lot of times it was like, uh, you know, when the camera came out, I will, I'll try. Yeah. Especially back then, you know, I would try pretty much anything. And so I was doing X-Up wall rides at that time. Which is still so gnarly. Yeah, and I was like, I'm just going to do a one-handed X-Up. But I tried like two or three, but then I just pulled it. And so, yeah. And then on the other side, you had the, we could do top side double pegs. Yeah. On the other side of the bowl. And I did the X-Up top side double peg in the rafter which was crazy and that's it that's in the end of the in the end of the transit part we may have to find that transit part online and post it with the podcaster yeah if not hit him up and try to yeah they keep taking it off because of the song okay right i have i have the um can you convert vhs yeah yeah i'll send you i have a i have a couple copies i can always post it on vimeo and they won't drop it and i can post it on vimeo and we can post it up okay yeah, in the end of that, I, I do the top side, top side double pig. But I filmed half of the part in Nashville, you know, came back, and I'm still screwed up partying, yeah. right? And, but I was still riding really good. And, you know, when it was on my own terms and I was under pressure, I could shred on, on street. I was riding all street. You did, and in that part, like, you did some really big handrails. Yeah, you did a, a lot f- of crooked grinds. You did a few ramp things, and you did the X up crooked grind. X up crooked grind. A lot of just regular crooked grinds. Yeah. Um, ice pick grinds down a rail. I did. A, I do a hop over ice pick grind down a rail. Um, a lot of X up stuff. Um, so you know that was. And I, he asked me, and I said, I want to film. He goes, Come out to Triple X, and we'll film. You know, think I'm gonna ride the rants. I go, All right, but I want to film a street part. Yeah. Like I want to do. He's like, 
like like street street and i'm like yeah like street street so that's sort of how i you know and that was the thing is that in that era i thought you know again sort of partying really hard i would just be mia for months on end and then there'd be a big session and i would just show up like a meet the street and just sort of go off you know what yeah. i mean you know, I, I, I saw you yeah i mean you weren't doing you didn't seem that healthy when i saw you at that meet the street no i wasn't but you were riding and you know it yeah. was, i was like oh sh-, because i hadn't seen you i felt for like eight years then or something yeah yeah and i would just sort of show up out of nowhere and shred and then disappear into the night and i thought that was like ooh, i'll be like the infamous you it, know what i mean like no, i think you did good at it you did feel you felt infamous yeah like but i think it almost sometimes the people who were friends with you well, the people who really knew me, they were, you know, obviously... I think a lot of us, it was a sigh of... And I'm not as close to you as Ryan yeah. and stuff, but I've known you for a long time. Like, when I saw you there, I it was... You were infamous. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of was... You had a sigh of relief yeah. seeing you and being like, okay. Yeah. You know, and you'd have a little FaceTime yeah. with you yeah. to check in on you, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially people really close, you know, it was a lot of wasted potential. It was more of... It wasn't so much infamous. It was like... That's a, a, a sad story. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he really could have been something special, and he really sort of blew it. And I think that's what most of the people I grew up with thought, right? Yeah. And so I stayed away because I could feel that when I would see him. And that doesn't – it, It's a terrible feeling. It's a hard thing to face. It's, it's a very hard thing to face. And, and, you know, and eventually over time, you know, I uh, you know, I was getting sort of nowhere in life. And, you know, I made a decision and sort of, you know, turned everything around. Well, let's talk – I mean, let's talk yeah. about that because that's a big deal because – I don't remember when I first saw you again when you were clean and like sober, but I was like, "Oh, whoa, this yeah. is big!" And I remember you—I started seeing snippets of you riding again, but it wasn't in that in that era where riding. About what year that. was that where you started trying to be clean and so not? To, yeah, two thousand six. Okay. In that era, what he's talking about, like like showing up to the San Francisco, meet the street, yeah, out of yeah, nowhere, and uh, I wasn't riding much that then and there but just here and there but when I finally got a call from Squirrel to say hey I got the fucking mini ramp at a warehouse and I can't do nothing with it like that like it was just gonna who knows what would happen to it and I took the initiative to he moved it from solid to, to Morgan Hill and I borrowed a buddy's truck and a trailer where I went out there and I I grabbed the mini and I threw it in the backyard and when I when I built it it kind of like it kind of like we got everybody back together. I think I did see, see you yeah. and, stuff you right I mean, I didn't really see Cam that much at all for, for literally a lot of years, a lot of people. Yeah. And when I got this portion of the mini back together, I mean, it kind of like brought a lot of people back. And it, it yeah. you know, we, we, we had a lot of good sessions back here. And yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think it, that was the early stage of him really fucking turning everything. Yeah, and, and you know, it came to a point, you know, they have a word for us, a moment of clarity, right? I just sort of looked at myself, and, and I just thought, I, I got to just change. You know, I mean, this is not... What was a, what was the most rock-bottom <clears throat> thing I can... I mean, if you... I was you in trouble sh- again. Yeah. Yeah, I was in trouble again, and, and I, I had just dug my hole with... As far as everything you could dig a hole with, right? Yeah. Credit and my, I had nothing, right? And I, and and it was just a, a very, you know, there was no more persona to live up to. There was no, it was just a sad state of being. And you know, I just had a moment of clarity. I thought this, that's it. I can't live live like this anymore. And and you know, and I changed then. And you know, and at that time, it, to, to me, at that at that point, you know, it was like 2006, later half of 2006, and. and 
you know, looking back, it wasn't too far. I mean, six, five, six, seven years out of, you know, the heyday, it still felt too far for me to try to come back and do that. And so I, I thought that's, that's not really. So when you start getting clean, you're like, I'm not going to try to be a pro BMX. No, I, I wasn't. It was, I was like 27, 20, you know, and, and, you know, and by that point I, I had sort of made up my mind. I, I'd blown that. Right. Did, did you, with all this, did you had like any, I mean, was your body beaten up or is it more beaten no. up from partying? No, I mean, my body wasn't really that bad. Okay. Uh, to be honest, you know, which is I, insane. I, I did, I did all of that riding. I mean, all I've had a lot of injuries. They all came way after that period. Yeah. Yeah. All of them came after I turned 30. Right. They all came after that. Um, back then I was, you know, I don't know if it's riding feeling, I mean, being young obviously is one part, but obviously just not being scared of yeah. falling, I think plays a huge part in not getting hurt. Like if you're just not fearless, just go for everything and just, you know, I, I just never got hurt. Um, so, you know, I, and I thought, well, look at, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I was vaguely good at computers and I thought, well, I guess I'll go to school for that. And you know, that's what started. When me you started getting clean and sober, were you like reconnecting with your parents and stuff? Oh yeah. I, I started, you know, and reconnecting mending, with reconnecting, you know, building, you know, re, re, repairing bridges. I had Cause burnt. I think it's good to talk about it because there might be somebody listening. It, well, I mean, here's going. one, here's one of the most things and, and I'm so lucky is that, you know, as soon as I, you know, cleared up a bit, you know, I had a whole community of BMX people that, you know what I mean? I could immediately jump back into. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, boom, I was right back into the crowd I've always been with. You know what I mean? So a lot And they of people, were there just open arms? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, they were there open arms. A lot of them were there th- through the, you know, through a lot of the stuff, too. It wasn't like I lost contact, but, like, really able to go ride with people all the time yeah. and be around. And, you know, the squirrel was there. And, you know, everybody, and it's just all the people I'd grown up with, you know, were sort of there. And, and uh... And, and that was it. And I sort of just <clears throat> started just, you know, rebuilding and, and, and still riding. And I still ride. Yeah. yeah. So, but you went to school and went to school and then, you know, got into IT and and uh, just sort of moved up that sort of, you know, ladder of. Which uh, is like a probably a whole new world. Whole new world, you know. And, and, uh, and, and, and you know, I mean, BMX helps a lot in that, you know. Yeah. I got, a, I got, you know, when people want to know what I did for a long period of time and I say pro BMX, it's a very interesting thing. And people, you know, like, whoa, really? Like, what was that like? And, you know, you can, it actually helps a lot, you know, to, to be able to do that. And they go, really? And then they'll look up your name and then they'll see you jump, jump in something or yeah. do a jump in mega or, you know what I mean? Or doing something crazy. And that's what I think that's killer. I'm not saying it was a, it was a comeback, but, you know, Cam regrouping his life and then just really getting the love back for riding. I mean, look yep. what he did in the last handful of years. I mean, the guy almost pulled fucking 10 No, I mean, you st- I, 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 I mean, the guy did a Superman peg grab over the fucking mega. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just awesome. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So it was, and, and it wasn't like, you know, it was more just to like sort of push myself, you know, well, because a, you've always loved riding. I've always loved riding. And, and, you know, and by the time I came back, like foam pits were there, you know, because I kind of fell out in the air right before foam pits. Yeah. And a lot of people learned. So you got to remember that, I kind of fell off right when foam pits were starting. And so when, you know, then you got to think when I'm sort of coming back to in 2006, like people are doing crazy shit, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking like this. And you hadn't really paid attention to BMX. No. And I'm thinking this is like insane, right? And, and, and you know, sure enough, as soon as I got to foam pits, like, you know, I started learning all the stuff I'd never learned before. I'm doing double whips and double whip threes and, and flips and, you know, and, and I learned all a whole bit. You know, that, that is funny because for some reason in my head, I pictured you doing three whips before you got in trouble nope. 
And that's all after. I did whips. Yeah. Yeah, I did whips first. It took me a long time to learn whips, and I and I started doing big tail whips first. And, and it, big sevens, like I'm, I'm yeah. like the old Cameron Club. I don't remember a lot of people throwing. No, no, sevens. we did. We I, mean, I had I done a few sevens me, at me, Cali. People, I was the only people I was really like throwing fucking sevens. Yeah. And, you know, but. And, and as soon as foam pits came back and all that, like I learned, uh, you know, it just was so nice to like learn all of these tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Foam pits and then resi, and then you know, obviously mega was like, I mean, mega back in the in the. 90s would have been like right up my alley just a yeah. huge roll into a yep. jump like that's always what i was looking for to contest anyways <laughs> right was a huge roll into a huge jump that's all i really wanted in, in the end so it's like i really wish that would have came uh, you know a little earlier because i would have been so into mega and in, in the in my heyday it would have been just like yeah, yeah perfect. I could, you you would have been i mean i feel like you're kind of built off that same grain as like morgan wade and a few of those dudes yeah. like that just you know yeah, that, just it just they, you just want big yeah big that was it and Cali had a big you know a big bonsai in it was just a big jump right and I yeah. would love these big one hit jumps that was like you know I would always excel at a contest that had like a big one hit or at least a bonsai or like one smaller yeah. jump and then a big jump so but yeah man you know and so it was able just like later on just keep riding and you know get to do what I love and, and you're still riding still riding and doing all that and, and you know and Real quick, let's talk about when you listen to Ron's podcast and the funny part that you say <laughs> that you just just cracked you up talking about like your new job. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So I so I've been at Apple for you know. So a, yeah, you work at Apple a little a little over four years now. You know, it, it's amazing, right? It, it's you work at like the big. Yeah, I work at the big. You know, I, I uh, at the ring. You know, yeah, I, Apple Park is what they yeah. call it. Yeah, it's spaceship. Spaceship. Yeah. So, so you I, work on the spaceship. Like, I don't work on the spaceship, but you work yeah. in that group. Well, I work at that building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, my, my seat's at that building. But um, when I first started working there, you know, Ron had done a podcast with you. And it was funny because, you know, Ron's like, he's about to drop, like, you know, the, the most mind-blowing comment that you've ever heard. Because I didn't know yet. I didn't and and he's, like, good- he's like, are you ready to hear the craziest thing? You know what I mean? Like, you could probably do a replay. You could probably put it into this <laughs> podcast of it. And he's like, Cameron Burwell's working at Apple. And, like... It sounded like, you know, you had just heard, like, you know, a unicorn just flew by. You're like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> no. No, he could not. Like, like why? You know, like, you know, like, instantly, like, selling your stock in Apple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Well, I got an SE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's actually a decent phone. I like yeah, that phone. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when I started working at Apple, I played that part of the podcast for people. Just that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they, they got it. They got a kick out of that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So that that was funny. But it is crazy. Right. And, and you know, you know, there's, you know. You, well, it's cool because now you, you you probably can bring some experiences to the table that none of these people have ever even. Yeah. Even you know, seen or dealt with in their life, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of it is. You know, it, it, it's it's given me, uh, you know, it's sort of the same feeling of, you know, it, it's given me a lot of the same feelings that bikes did. You know what I mean? It's it's something I'm passionate about, and you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about it and working on it, and you know, it's it's sort of a big game there, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, do everything, and and uh, it's an amazing place to work, but it's it's a, uh, you know, it's fulfilling. You know what I mean? And one of the biggest things is that you know, once I started working at Apple, like, you know, like. I, I, you know, I cleaned up my act a lot. Yeah. Like, when I started working at Apple, like, I mean, full slate clean. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know me now. I don't yeah. drink. I don't party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do anything. Right? I, I live uh, uh, 
uh, you know, a pretty healthy, clean lifestyle, you know, all the way around. And, uh, but I made that decision, you know, going to Apple because I, you know, I recognize that like, you know, I blew one opportunity in my past and, and getting to work at Apple again was a chance, you know, for better or worse to make right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to, to, to really, and, and I was able this time to say, you know, Hey, I, I got a chance. It's like, imagine if I could go back in time and, you know, when Redline sent me that contract and imagine right then at that point, if I just said, I'm done right now, I'm done. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do, I'm going full bore. There'd have been a lot I'm, of broken red lines. Yeah. There would have been a lot of broken <laughs> red lines, right? <laughs> there would have been a lot of broken, it, but it was like, it was like, when, when I started working at Apple, it was like that chance for me to go back in history yeah. and make that decision right then of like, dude, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to focus on, you know, focus, focus, you know what I mean? And, and that's what I've done, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, you know, and, and by doing that, it helps me sort of like, you know, I get to move past, like, you know, I dealt with a lot of regret, you know what I mean? And now... Now that regret is more gratitude. You know what I mean. Well, now, now you have a good job. I got. You You're know, still it, riding. It worked out the way it is. You're married. Right? You have. I got a kid. I got a kid on the way. I'm married. I mean, you know, I got everything. You're right? happy. I'm happy. You know, but you know, and so that it turned in for me just sort of you know being grateful for the experience and you know it's something that you know I can sort of help other people with you know and I do I help a lot of other people yeah. with it. It's part of what I do now is I help other people and. And, uh, and and try to help them, you know, make the right decisions. So it's been good. Good. Try to think. Do you think we left any anything out? We here. Hold on. Let me check the Instagram messages, <laughs> and then we'll see. We'll see what we got here. I posted it up kind of late. But we'll see what we got. Just being a person that knows can since he was, you know, a teenage kid. And just watch it go fucking full circle is just a fucking amazing story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you've always been kind of an elder statesman up here, you know? Well, well, I mean, not when well, you're... well one, one, one year I was here, it was New Year's. And I believe it was on, it was either 99 New Year's, it was 99 New Year's. It was 99 New Year's, and I was here, and and, and I I had either just gotten the, the thing from Red Lion or was just about to get it, and... I was here, and I remember it was the Y2K scare, right? And I came over here, and I remember you in your own way telling, hey, you know, you should chill on the party end. You know what I mean? You were trying to, like, you know, you should chill out on the party in a bit. But, you know, it, people don't people don't chill till they're ready. You know yeah. what I mean? That's 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 part of the, the problem is, you know, you really have to want to change for yourself. And it took a lot of bumping up my head against the wall before I realized that there's a, there's a much easier way. So, all right, we're gonna run through some of these guys. All right. So, Ground Chuck Isaac McRae. Yeah. You want to know who your biggest local writing influence was growing up? My biggest local writing influence. Hmm, let me think about that. I mean, Miron was always my hero, but obviously he wasn't. He wasn't local. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I would say you know probably. You know, locally, it it would have been it would have been Ryan. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been Ryan because, you know, when you're when you're in that era and, you know, you've got someone who's like, just as good as you, and you know, you're kids, but you're trying to be the man, right? And and you're just, 
you're you're consumed. It's it's just like a constant contest, yeah. right? It's a constant contest of like he's doing this, I gotta do this. I'm doing this, he's gotta do that. You know what I mean? And it's very clear cut who's doing the better tricks at the time. Um, so it was like you know I would say that you know who, who was I you know looking up to? It was Ryan. You know, just constantly trying to stay at his level or you know be better. How know? fun is it riding with Ryan nowadays? Now that Oh, well, now he's just like, you know, he's Ryan's Ryan, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's fun. We got to go out to the unit, and, you know, I've ridden a lot with, you know, Ryan throughout the last years, and he's filmed a lot, and, you know, he's, you know, he's a legend. You yeah. know what I mean? He's a legend all the way around, and, you know, I'm 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 proud to call him, you know, one of my really good friends and, and have been there, you know, around since the beginning. So it's nice now to be older like this and having gone our past. Yeah. And now we're sort of back together as good friends. Uh. First rule BMX, I don't know who that is, but they want to, we kind of touched on a little bit, uh, he wants to know if you have any good tales from the van or any other ramp club shenanigans. Tales from the van, like the two hip van? I'm assuming that's what it is. Well, I'll tell you that the first time, um, the first time I drove was, you know, I was telling you that. The other oh day, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. <clears throat> so I was on the first year of tour, 15, and it was not easy for my parents to let me go on that tour either, right? It was only two weeks. Yeah. Right, and they were like, I don't know. Like, it was to Texas and back. And uh, and we're driving, and, and, you know, it's the middle of the night. You know, you're swapping drivers. It's like a good old tour. And uh, like, Birdwalk, you know, can you drive? And, of course, I'm Who are you on tour with then? Uh, it was Lee Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron and... Uh, a Flatlander. Sean Peters? I think it may have been Sean Peters. Mm, I think it was Sean Peters. Okay. Yeah. I, I won't say I'm positive, but I think it was. But we, but we're driving, and they say, like, you, can you drive? You know, can you drive? And I'm like, yeah, I can drive. And I remember just being, you know, 15 with everybody sleeping in the van. I'm blaring, you know, rap music, smoking cigarettes, driving across the New Mexico desert. Um, and you and never drove. Never drove. And they're letting me drive. And that thing was, was it stick sketch. or automatic? No, it was just a big old two-hip van. You okay, know, automatic. Yeah. But the box, once you would go too fast, would start, you know, because it wasn't wider than the van, right? So it would start <laughs> weaving. And so they're like, when the box starts fishtailing, they go, you know, just let off the gas. Don't hit the gas. Don't hit the brake. Just let off the gas. And then, right? So I would just be driving. And then, like, you could feel the van start to go like this. And I just let off the gas and, like, go slow and, like, let it go. But that that was a, that, that was a good one. But in the van, that thing was so sketchy, man, that, that whole van. But one time we, we broke down. I remember we broke down in the middle of the night. The, the tire blew out. Mm-hmm. And, uh. And I remember Ron going, just drive to the show. Just he, We called him. We're like, we're not going to make the show in the morning. He's like, just drive it. And we're like, dude, we are not going to drive that drive that thing in the middle of the night. But we ended up getting some, like, hoopty spare that, like, barely fit, like, three of the lug nuts on and ended up driving. But um, that, was, that was a crazy one. Ramp Club shenanigans, I think we talked about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the... Uh, Ramp Club shenanigans were, like, every night. Yeah, Ramp Club shenanigans were every night. And I don't know what the, uh, what is it, the time frame where you can't, get in trouble for anything so i probably can't tell those stories i'll probably have to wait a few more years <laughs> statute of limitations i gotta wait till the statute of limitations go out before i can tell all those stories uh nick ford 13 wants you to know that your two hip rock and roll pro- section is proper and ahead of its time yes and then uh he just wants to know how you went about getting the job at apple oh man uh, you know what the, the, one of the best things i did is is for one 
BMX helped me with that, right? I went into the interview. And when I went to the interview at Apple, I was already working, right? It wasn't like I didn't have a job. I was working yeah. somewhere else. Went in with the frame of mind of, you know, I got a job, so I'm good. Don't be nervous, right? And I thought, well, what am I going to do to stick out here? I thought, I'm just going to be so fucking enthusiastic, right? I'm just going to be like on top of it. Like, let's, you know, I'm ready to change the world type of attitude. And, you know, also I realized that like, when pe- I, I, it was like a long panel interview, like, you know, hours of interviewing yeah. and it's a panel of different people. And of course, when someone comes in and they go, when they first thing they say is like, they look at the resume and they see, they, they see BMX, right? Boom. You're they're sold, right? It's rap. It's a rap. You just start talking about BMX. You want to push the limit like BMX. You just, you don't even have to talk about anything you else. Want to, you share that passion of BMX. Oh yeah. You just go off, right? It's, you don't even have to talk about your technical abilities, right? It's just the person's sold. But when someone comes in and they go on to like, the next part of the resume after BMX, then BMX isn't part of the topic because you can already tell they don't care. Right? Yeah. They see it on the resume. They're either going to ask because they care or they're going to skip over it because they don't. So like half the people I knew, basically, you know, I was able to you know talk about BMX and be enthusiastic. And the other half, I was just up on top. I'm writing on the whiteboards. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, we're going to change the world. You know, I was just enthusiastic, which I am a lot of the time when, when, I'm, when I'm passionate about something. But, you know, I sort of just went over the top. Yeah, with everything, and uh, I got the job. It worked out. Uh, Jay Simmons Design says writing for Two Hip and working for Apple, two of them are both iconic brands in their own right. He's like, do you actually see any parallels between the companies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. I had Ron. I had Ron come to meet me at lunch at, at Apple Campus. Oh wow! Yeah, I had to meet me at Apple Campus, and I'll tell you. And I'm pretty sure you see how Ron. You know, Ron dresses in his attire, right? Let's yeah. just say he fit right in there. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was nothing new. Like, no one's going to bet. You know, he walked through in his getup. And, and you know, um, you know, I would say that the, pro- probably some of the crossovers are very open mind, very free thinking, do it your own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot of parallels in that. I mean, I'd say Apple probably has a little bit more attention to detail, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, Ron stuff. He's done some iconic stuff. He does. He, he's done some stuff. And Ron, Ron's a legend, and he does things his own way. Yeah. I've always had a lot of respect for Ron, even to this day. He is he is a different Ron type. Ron lives his life the way he wants. it. The way he wants it, and, and he's, he's so happy. Yeah. And and doing. I will say, and I was telling Oscar this the other day. Some people said, "Oh, this and that," and I'll say, "You know what? I rode for Ron and traveled for Ron for a long time, and Ron never did me wrong, not one single time, yeah. ever." Ever did he stiff me or do anything wrong? Ron always did exactly what he said he was going to do. He raised a family. He did things his own way. He never, you know, never burned me. Never burned anybody else I ever saw. You know what I mean? He's and to this day he's fifty three and he's throwing mega ramp and you know traveling around the world doing his own things. The dude's a, a, a master of life. Yeah. Uh, Sick Matt wants to know. Uh, talking about the transit nine part, uh, he goes. Everything, all exclamation, was bangers uh, for the time. But he goes, how long did it take you to film it? Because he says it felt like it was filmed in just a couple days. It was filmed in two parts. Part of it was in NorCal, half of the section, and then half of the section was in Nashville. And I probably filmed for about, you know, um, I got a total of probably four or five days of filming in Nashville, and it was probably four or five days of filming in in San Jose, how many how many video parts do you have? Is it just that one in rock and, and roll? There's rock and roll. There's the sick videos. 
And the sick um, videos are NorCal videos, right? Yeah, yeah. Transit, Back Trail. Back Trail is like an iconic NorCal video. And then you have a lot of stuff in a couple infection videos. And a couple infection videos, not really parts, right? But just, just a yeah, fair amount riding. of footage. Yeah, and there's a fair amount of footage like that in a bunch of videos. Yeah. But as far as sections, it was always like the two hit videos. I don't even think Degenerates had a section. It was more of just clips Yeah. Um, in Degenerates. But Rock and Roll was a section. Um, but Transit was, even though it was like in my sort of dark era i'm most proud of that part you know yeah. what i mean like i felt that i can't well, you're riding a 10 pound street with no brakes 10 and, pound two hip and pork. nobody knew i rode street a crow molly no, pork which yeah. i picked up just a second ago yeah. and nobody knew that i rode street when that video came out which is funny because in the early infection videos you actually have i did ride some street and you there. do like a half bar spin to grind down yeah. a ledge yeah a half bar, it, which was really yeah. ahead of its time yeah that the, the marble ledge is there in concord yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that one, it, it was over a period of a few days. The Crooked Cross-Up, I had to come back to like two or three How many tries did that take you? It took me a few, and it really hurt, right? Yeah. Because I do hard X. Oh, hard X, yeah. Right, I do hard X over, and, and it, you know, so since I'm doing a crooked like that, you have to over X. Yep, yep. You have to over X, and it's and, hard. And to keep the pinch on the bike for the crooked grind. And so I kept being able to get into it, but, like, get, you have to wait till your front wheel is all the way cleared before you can straighten it. And so when you hit, you hit straight down onto you know onto your elbow. You pile drive yourself out yep. of it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So uh, anybody you want to thank or anybody? Uh, you know, I want to thank my wife for, for for still letting me go on my bike trips and yeah. you know hang out with my friends. What you've been doing a bunch of? I love seeing yep. the 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 nose pick bar and Baldy. Yeah, I, I love so. <laughs> But you know, you know just, watching this guy going like breaking out like his old bag of tricks that he hasn't done in a while with like the X up nose picks, the X up nose pick to bar. I mean, one time session in here, he's almost pulling full bar spins and nose pick. Yeah. You know, and, and just watching him go through stuff. I mean, just to see it all over again, it's just it's just been, it's been awesome. Yeah. So and you know, everybody, all my friends that were there with me along the way. And, yeah. You know, just uh, that never gave up hope, man. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank you, Cam. Thank you. I love seeing you yeah. like this, and I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Um, for all my listeners that have listened to my recent podcast with Dom Phipps, and uh, about the book project he'd been working on called The Birth of the Freestyle Movement. That book's available now. So if you liked what we talked about, if you're into BMX history, if you like books, uh, books with BMX bikes in them, uh, head over to www.w2wfreestylehistory.com and grab yourself a book of BMX history. Uh, it's awesome. It's big, it's thick, it's heavy. The photography's in it is awesome. The stories are awesome. Go check that out. And again, thank you all for listening. And until next time.